Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Reading Brain Blow. <laughs> Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by Cinema Sins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of Cinema Sins. <laughs> I love how you're doing it so slow. <laughs> I'm not doing it slow. I'm not just, I was just saying it. <laughs> Why did That's you think that was slow? Like, we really, one of us has to interrupt. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Aaron and I'm joined as always <laughs> by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. <laughs> and Nehues. <laughs> was that like a, a slow motion air horn? I was trying. <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. We write like for the s- most boring basketball game ever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we write for CinemaSins and TV Sins that do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Like make fools of ourselves. You know, a, a, a slow motion air horn sounds like a, a whale call. That's that's what it reminds yeah. me of. Yeah, like Yeah, exactly, exactly. I went well watching once. I got really sick, so I've never been again. Oh, I found yeah. out boats and oceans don't mix well with me very quickly. <laughs> if you're gonna be on a boat, it needs to be on land. That's, that's, that's right. Jonathan's well, rule. Well, no calmer waters. Okay. There's this house that I pass when I take Iris to childcare, and they have a boat and. I've passed this area because my mom and dad live really close to where Iris's childcare provider mm-hmm. is. Um, and so I've seen the progression of the situation for like the last, I don't know, 15 years or something, maybe 10 years. And it's just these people have a boat, but they clearly are. It's it's a weird. Anyways, it's been slowly being overgrown by plants. Oh, yes. So yeah. it's, a, it's a land boat. Oh, you literally yeah. cannot see it from the road anymore it's completely obscured now i think there's one part if you know where to look which i do since i've passed it so much that where you can kind of see the very top of like maybe something that was jutting out of the very top for a radio mm-hmm. like communication or something yeah anyway Crow's if you want to go on that boat i know right where it is and i've always been curious yeah, what's they, inside there's probably nothing good probably rats and all kinds yeah. of stuff. there was a they local set fire to thousands of dollars there was a local store, like it was a big news story because there was, I remember passing this boat all the time, and it was a decent sized boat uh, here locally that was just completely overgrown. And then it was like a major news story locally when they decided to clean it up and because everybody knew that boat as just this yeah. overgrown mm-hmm. boat on the side of the road. <laughs> it's just like, man. 
I guess that's the cool stuff that happens in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Exactly. When the theaters close, this is what we do. That's oh man, this is what we did before the theaters close here. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's very very interesting. Uh, hey, before we get into the the rest of the show, uh, another shout out for the amazing Sin Club and the amazing Sin Club members. Uh, <laughs> That was, that was more real speed, more full speed. Uh, air I'm horn. still working on it. <laughs> Thank you, Sin Now we're speaking whale from uh, Finding Dory or Finding Nemo. Uh, yeah, that is, that is what I was doing. Anyhow, uh, we really do appreciate you. And if it's something that you've been curious about, just kind of how that works, uh, membership at Cinema Sins, uh, we have a lot of really cool, fun thank yous that we do for our Sin Club members. First of all, we, uh, we allow all the stuff that we do to be out early so you get to check out all the videos podcasts all that kind of stuff early and then we also do a monthly bonus podcast just for our sin club members uh and the only way you get to listen to that is as a sin club member and so those are a lot of fun our, our sin club members also pick the topics for those which is also kind of cool so um if you're interested in checking that out you can check the sin club out at patreon patreon.com slash cinema sins or you can go to cinemasins.com and click on where it says membership but we appreciate all our sin club members and want to make sure if that's something you're curious about or interested in that you uh, knew that was available and i really only kind of scratched the surface you can go there and look at you know all the different kind of fun perks and fun stuff that we do with our members uh, at patreon so fun stuff but wanted to make sure you guys knew about that uh ready to get into the sin side scoop guys let's do it what's he building in there We're going to take a look at the videos from the week, the process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we're sending in general. Uh, we'll kick it off with TV Sins, and we're still on our Avatar kick uh, for a couple more episodes at least. So uh, we did Avatar The Library. This was a Dicer Hughes script, so Janae and I wrote on this one. So this is The Library, uh, one of my favorite episodes. I really enjoy this episode. Of course, I like pretty much all Avatar stuff. But we've kind of talked about the show in general. Is there anything specific about this episode um, that that you like, Janae? And Jonathan, you too, if, if you happen to uh, have no, seen I, the whole I agree. episode. I thought it was... I thought it was one of the, the the better episodes that I've seen so far. Uh, the owl was really creepy, which was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and looks straight up like there's this uh, Italian horror movie from like 1987, maybe called Stage Fright Aquarius, and it all takes place like in this uh, where they're doing this. They're they're uh, they're practicing for a theatrical production, and there's a costume that's an owl, and so the killer ends up adorning that cost like putting that costume on and it looks straight up like this one <laughs> so Whoa. It's just like to the point where i'm like are there some avatar writers that like stage right aquarius <laughs> i'm sure that's it i'm sure that's it I'm, I'm sure that's it no but it's i mean it's a pretty common look of an owl i guess but uh but i don't know but that's just it was just funny getting that memory of some weird italian horror movie while i was watching this but no no i i thought this was fun and i like libraries so yeah <laughs> also libraries <laughs> Uh, when I was rewatching this one to write the script, I, I, it's fun for me because I've seen all of the episodes, but it's been long enough that I didn't remember exactly what was going to happen or why this is one of the ones that the fans want the most. And, um, and then, yeah, just being able to watch it, I was like, oh yeah, this is the one where Appa is kidnapped. Uh, this is the one, you know, where we get to see Toph like 
mean, she's awesome anyway, but we get to see even more of her power of being mm -hmm. able to just like sustain this massive library under sand, which when you think about it is super sinful, but it was still really epic to watch. Mm -hmm. um, For 90 they gain minutes. The up <laughs> yeah. They gain the upper hand to find out the Fire Nation's weakness in this one. And then there's like a little wink to the future that I totally missed the first time around that I was able to catch this time, which I'll talk about when I do my keeping tabs. Okay, cool. Yeah, I love this episode. Um, I, I love it because to me, it is indicative of how this show uh, is really understands the variety of its episodes. It understands that we need to do bottle episodes sometimes. We need to do character work sometimes. We need to do world building. And this is a world building episode. This is this is an episode that start, you start to understand the real depth of the history of this, you know, world. It's certainly not the only one. And there have been others even before this one, you know, where they get into some stuff. But uh, But that's what I like about this kind of episode is the real world building aspect of it. And just kind of the the vast history of uh, of kind of what's going on. So it's yeah. like it's it's it really shows the writing too, like that they have such a plan um, in this world building. They really care about the story a lot. Uh, the things that are hinted at that happen later, it's like wow, they had such forethought forethought in how they put this all together. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and it's of course fun to see them up against a bad guy and you know doing their thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a good time rewatching this one. One of the most disappointing uh, defeats of a bad guy, though, it just hits him over the head with a book. Like, yeah. like there's no, there's no. I mean, every, I know Sokka needs his day. Like, I know he needs to be the hero sometimes, and he can't bend stuff. But for a show where it's you know it's usually so creative and fun, it's just like, no, nope, yeah. Sokka just managed to jump from somewhere and hit him on the head with I a book. Yeah, the power was, of reading, Aaron. That's right. Yeah. He was gliding in, I think, maybe with Aang. I'm not sure. Yeah. The other thing is that it, was interesting, is it too, a, is... Is it a uh, reading brain blow? Is that, is that what it was? I'm oh, sorry. my God. Wow. <laughs> Why was that not in the script, Aaron? Reading brain blow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I kinda just, we could have gotten, we could have called up LeVar yeah. and been like, yeah, hey, exactly. man, can you exactly. please yeah, he, do this? He listens to the show. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He seems like hey, a Levar. very approachable, approachable individual. <laughs> he really does. He really it. does. Oh, uh, my God. We can move into the uh, the video itself. Uh, Jonathan, you didn't write on this one, so why don't you kick us off? Uh, what what um, was some of your stuff here? I liked the you guys were questioning how good of a singer a prairie dog was. That was, <laughs> that was, that was funny. They were Felt really kind of bad flat. for the prairie dog. Like yeah. you were Simon Cowling the prairie dog. Yes. Yes. I almost I, I couldn't figure out how to do it because there's a little bit of a racial element to it that, you know, the, the narrator's not black, but Randy Jackson is. But there's he was always like, you know, your pitchy dog. And I mm -hmm. thought there was like a prairie dog, you know, kind of thing. So like your pitchy dog could have worked. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. So anyhow, that didn't make the script, but it did cross my head. <laughs> he did say that all the fucking time. Every I single audition. <laughs> yes. What did he say? Your pitchy dog. He said your pitchy dog. Yeah. Your pitchy dog. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like I don't know. He's a he's an interesting guy. And then he would talk about how he was he was in Journey when they weren't popular. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you guys talked about a quick trip to muscle atrophy when uh, when Aang uses powers day. to stand up. Yeah. What's yeah. really funny about that is when I first started working from home full time a couple years ago, that was one thing I genuinely asked my wife. I was like, "What do I need to be doing to avoid? Like, how quickly can you get muscle atrophy? Because I was like, you know, I just felt really uncomfortable that I wasn't doing as much because 
I didn't have to like walk around and I was, and at that point I didn't even have like an office. I was just sitting in a chair in the living room and yeah, I was having like neck issues and stuff. And so I was like half joking and half kind of scared. You know, Um, I, I'm with you. No, totally. As somebody who works from home and sits a lot watching stuff, (laughs) like I I totally get that. And, And the really scary thing is an atrophy. Atrophy is something that will happen over time and that's, you'll survive it. The really scary things are embolisms when you like yeah. stay in the same position for too long and a blood clot forms. And then when you move, okay, it we can stop and... talking about it. This is like, this is one of the big like risks of our career. <laughs> we should get, maybe the we only should get hazard pay. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe like losing hearing, but other than that, I, um, every single day am reminded on my smartwatch to get up and move and it's never at a good time because i'm in the middle of doing something important mm-hmm. i'm like no i'm i'm inspired i'm writing a script or whatever but every every time that i get up to go to the bathroom it's like great job moving <laughs> <laughs> just i'm literally well, just right getting up to, walk to pee. <laughs> we're inside we're inside even more now right because of other reasons yeah, sure. you know and then plus we work inside so we don't even have an excuse to leave so it's like why would uh. we yeah, and Barrett used to tell me, I mean, he just, he really liked, he got the, the what are they, standing desk? Is that what they're called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got one and just really liked it. So it was more just him, like, being like, I really like this, st- like, you should get a standing desk. And I'm just, silent. yeah, I get it. I'm lazy. Thank you. Like, I, <laughs> I will work on, I will work on getting that standing desk, you know, which I haven't, of course. But yeah. <laughs> but it is cool. Like, you know, it you just cool. gives yourself a, gives yourself a little bit of exercise in the afternoon after you've been sitting all day. Yep. Or you could just get up and walk. You know, that's a possibility. But nah, that just nah. seems silly. Or you can get a smartwatch <laughs> to remind you to walk and then not do it. That's yeah, right. exactly. It's great. It's um, great. The the library sin was really funny, but what was really funny was when Aaron, like the way I, I think this was, I don't know if this is just the way you delivered your laugh or if it was just the through the process of editing, like you know, shortening it. It kind of sounded like you were choking on a hairball, like you were kind of <laughs> like. Argh! There's somebody in the comments that called it a Sheldon laugh. Oh, interesting. Yeah, somebody in the comments called it a Sheldon laugh. They loved it. They said they said uh, no, it was that, great. That Sheldon laugh after that, his own pun. That is exactly what it was, though. Yeah, no, that is that. It, I I hear that now. Yeah. Um, and then of course, um, well, you guys are questioning how many days they checked on that machine. That was yeah. really funny. The idea that he had just been doing that instead of like helping. It is um, for me. It, it is the. <laughs> primary sin of the episode in one of the you know the biggest sins i've seen in something in a long time because it insinuates that this crazy chase and her holding up the Mm -hmm. building and all this tension stuff is happening over Mm -hmm. a process of pull the switch wait for 30 seconds is that the one no pull the switch wait 90 times at least like yeah it's just it's mind-blowing when you really think of it yeah, he did a good job writing that series because you had two. One was like, we'll wait for the eclipse. And the right. other one was like, uh, to reiterate. <laughs> and then you yeah. went through the kind of like the whole thing. Plus, you've got the whole sh- sh- chase happening. And it's it really is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, once you start I, would, I do want to mention, which I guess I could talk about it more. Maybe this one's next week. But the one that I wrote on um, the I'm not sure it's even possible to blow yourself. I use that as a defense against the sin I wrote later. <laughs> <laughs> as good not to being too pervy <laughs> good, good because you guys allowed this and it still got cut but, <laughs> oh. but we've got the blowjob joke in this one and sean hannity was the only other one i had written down i nice. thought that was very funny yeah nice <laughs> uh danae what about you well i i might overlap on jonathan a little bit because i remembered something from the the libraryed one um 
and I went to go back and look in the script and I gave him a like a prompt for it to be like a snort snicker. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It was specifically supposed to be a snort snicker. Yes. I like that. I tried. So. I tried my best. You did great. I, I like it was it was different. That's you know, I liked it. I like that uh, this I, narrator loves his own jokes because that is me. Like that is one of those things yeah. when you talk about this narrator, like, you know, he he loves his own well, and puns. Well, that's that's a you thing too, right? right. Like, yeah, exactly. You're, you're very proud when you when you uh you're like a proud papa when you right. come up yeah. with a good just pun or just something. rewind you know a minute to reading brain blow and you'll see how proud <laughs> I get of my word place. <laughs> so yeah, I man, really... I hope somebody that listens to us knows Lavar Burton and that by him because that is hilarious. <laughs> Um, I, another one that I liked her delivery on was the use your spit, use your spit. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I enjoyed, uh, the blades one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you mentioned that one, Jeremy. I mean, Jonathan, my God, it's that day. (laughs) I just glanced, I literally just glanced over to Slack and there was Jeremy. And joining us today on the show, you didn't know this, Jeremy's here. (laughs) Damn it. Anyway. Um, there was a lot yeah, of fun. You got people really excited. For a <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry guys. There was a lot of uh, fun comments. Actually, there's a whole comment stream about the blades. But I wanted to I wanted to say that my note to the editor was to say like because um, the the, the lead in was something like I don't see anything wrong while we plan our strategy, and it's like no, I see something wrong. These blades aren't washed. And then you replay it, and I my instructions were to replay from this moment to see the choppy choppy. <laughs> <laughs> yes i was having a, a lot of fun with this one um but there was this whole comment stream on the blades of people talking about whether or not they're cleaned so that was is that the one where they're exciting. like well he, he cuts ice so doesn't that yeah. clean them and somebody's like not knowing the difference between rinsing and washing <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. yes conflating rinsing and washing yeah, was yeah, from that Reen king uh and yeah that was a that was a fun like series of i I just like it whenever the comment section goes off on like a little rant run of Mm -hmm. their own yeah it it's that community building part of our job that's really exciting for me um the pointing out the whole thing with the map where there's like this winding kind of part and just questioning why you would walk the same way back i thought that was a really good thing if you're mapping something you would think you would come back a different way and map a little bit more rather than just walking back the way you came. Yeah. We both actually wrote something about the foxes walking up the tower. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron's was so great, though, like disrespecting gravity. <laughs> it's just really, really funny to me. The whole 10,000 thing was also fun because that got some comments as well. Did you guys see the explanation of 10,000 things? Yeah, I have in that in my comment section. section. Yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about that later. But that was a that was a fun thing to kind of learn about. Uh, and then Aaron's um, humans only bother knowing things to get the edge on other humans. And Aaron pointed out, or porn, forgot to. <laughs> Everything leads to porn, porn with humans. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, why didn't Appa just fly away? I don't get that. Anyway, but yeah. Yep. Uh, you... I, I don't know why Appa's still around. Like, I mean, he could have flown away a long time ago, right? <laughs> Yeah, he could have. Uh, you mentioned pretty much everything I did. I really love the Blades Wash one. Um, the only uh, other one was the uh, Wiggly Woo Woo Fingers, I think deserves yeah. a mention. That was really <laughs> funny. And the editing instruction to kind of, you know, focus in on the fingers. Um, yeah, those are like the woo woo. Yeah, yeah. This is a kid show, buddy. Uh, and uh, and then, yeah, you talked about the building. And I did uh, one of my favorite things with that one, which is 
a type of intentional ignorance with animation that is really fun where you actually pretend like it's live action. I remember the, the first time uh, I did this, and I'm sure it's been done before, was in the uh, when we send the animated Aladdin. And I was like, people don't know this, but when they shot this day, this was actually a stagehand's arm and not Aladdin's <laughs> actual arm. Like that whole thing. I love doing that. And so in this case, it was like, here's how you do it. You actually film it the other way and then turn it so it I looks like that. they're it's like you know just ignoring the fact that you can draw whatever you <laughs> want to draw uh just uh i love doing that that's one of my favorite animation things uh to do so i wanted to mention did anybody that. did were there any comments like you know it's animated <laughs> no i, I think people got that i mean i hope people get that <laughs> yeah yeah you would you that would has, hope i don't know um uh it, did did you did you say Snooty Hootie? Because that was another one that I thought was really. I funny had that you wrote. a lot of fun with the uh, naming the owl. I think there were three. Snooty Hootie. Snooty Hootie was one. Uh, know it owl. Uh, know it owls was one. Um, and then uh, Guardians of Gafool uh, was was another one. So yeah, I had I had a, a good time with that. So what is that movie called? It's Guardians of Gafool. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lots of fun. I'm really glad we're doing this this Avatar run. So, um, just one more, couple more. I can never remember. Aww. So, but the, yeah. there's ten more, hundred more. We're doing all them all. More. We're doing them all. I wish every I wish. one of them. We might eventually. Uh, not not in the next two months though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's move on to Ducktales. Woo! Woo! Uh, which is the name of the episode. This was a Hughes Watkins script, uh, Danae and Jonathan, or Jeremy, depending on uh, which way you want to go, wrote on <laughs> this it. one. Um, so I've never watched the update. I remember watching some of the old school DuckTales, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I just haven't watched the update, which is weird because I really love this cast, uh, specifically David Tennant, who I love everything he does. Um, so, But yeah, it was, it yeah, was it's, it's, nice to see. It's an amazing cast. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. A, I didn't even know this was a show. You didn't know I they didn't had realize... rebooted it or whatever. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, I was excited to revisit it. I was excited to because I watched the original, and of course the theme song is in, in my brain forever. It's really catchy. Um, but I didn't really remember much about what the show was about. Right. I didn't remember if there was adventures or all. I really remember yeah, is yeah, they're, Danae, they're right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, they're ducktails. Clever. Yeah. yeah, you know the lyrics to that song are really interesting too. Yeah, when it's you not, really look at them, that not, really is not, like legit. Like I know you thought I was probably being silly, but that is this is probably my favorite theme song of all time. Like, do I you don't, know the lyrics? Uh, I mean, I I know some of them. I screwed them up, but I don't know that I know. I could just do them off the top of my head. But there's a great YouTube video, by the way. Right when this air, right when this started airing, uh, they did a video to like promote the launch of it, where they showed the cast uh, singing the song. So you have like Bobby Moynihan and David Tennant and uh, uh, guy. I can't all of a sudden Abed. I can't all of a sudden. I can't think of his Danny Pudi. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Yeah, that's correct. And then um, and then your your boy is the other. Uh, uh, I can't think of his name. The com- the guy from Parks and Recreation that's got the comedy special on Netflix. Oh yeah, uh, Schwartz. Um, yeah, Ben Schwartz. Yeah, right. So it's and then you just, just got a, it's a really cool cast. But that's a really fun video to watch if you. Uh, but what what about the lyrics are interesting? Um, I didn't realize it was not ponytails or cottontails. No ducktails. <laughs> not ponytails or cottontails. No ducktails. Yep, that's yeah. exactly it. 
but they did there is but there is there is a female in this version which is cool no i actually really enjoyed this i was surprised i watched the original you know when it, when i was younger and it was on and um i really enjoyed it uh but yeah. i was surprised at how like funny this was like it yeah. was legit funny and very entertaining and Mm-hmm. Uh, I I might watch more because it was it was quite fun. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that right from the very beginning they really care about the material mm-hmm. and they're trying to do their best by it. I think that the animation is really interesting too. It kind of has mm-hmm. that newspaper look to it, mm-hmm. where there's always some sort of a filter on the screen that gives it that feel that you're watching like a cartoon come to life on a page, which I think is an interesting art decision, but. More than anything, it was the actor's delivery of their lines and like Scrooge sounds perfect. Like it's just. Oh, yeah. Like how has David Tennant never played that role before? Like like, he's like he's like he's like my Scrooge now. Like, you know, after one episode, like I don't want to hear anybody else do Scrooge. That's just like that's just like me with Doctor Who. He's my doctor. I I didn't want to see anybody else. No, he I mean, out of the Doctor Who episodes I've seen, I haven't seen all of the doctors in their Mm -hmm. environment, but he's definitely I just like David Tennant. I mean, anything he's in, I'm I'm on board. So, um. The Ducky Bear mentioned that there should have been a cinema for David Tennant's voice, an absolute beaut of a voice. And then there's some responses from Brent says also a cinema for the triplets, different voice. Triplets do not always sound the same for duck's sake. Um, And that was my experience, like watching this was like even the relationship between Huey, Dewey and Louie, how they like freak out when they see Scrooge for the first time Mm -hmm. was so delightful to watch uh, because they didn't realize that Donald even knows Scrooge at the beginning of this episode. They don't know that they're related. And so they're like, oh, you're finally going to sell us. You know, there's all these just little funny, like sarcastic, witty jokes that are just sort of like peppered in and it's not trying too hard. It's Mm -hmm. just it's like you're just dropped into their little world. And um, and then, yeah, when they get to when they get that, it's probably my favorite part of the whole the whole episode that we did. Well, I guess technically we should say when it was aired they aired a woo and then they aired escape, uh, escape to, and from, to atlantis. and from atlantis which is the second half so technically this is two episodes and we decided to just do the first part mm-hmm. which is which um, is what we've done with other uh yeah. two episodes yeah, it's per a, half hour it's a kind full of shows. episode like it has yeah. a, you know it yeah. just it's has a full a story we do the end. stories uh mm-hmm. not necessarily full um, so episodes. Um, so calm down, you know, we, that was a choice we made. We all talked about it. It was a very long discussion. We all watched it and decided this was probably the best route our follow our format or whatever. But anyway, there's this moment whenever they, when Donald and Scrooge are talking, uh, for the first time in this episode and just in the background are Huey, Dewey and Louie doing these barrel rolls over each other in the car, <laughs> just going, wah, wah, like just freaking out. And I just love that captive wild child adventure energy yeah. that definitely carries through the entire episode and then we get to meet webby who is psychotic she's crazy i i can't wait to see more of her because i will watch more of this one for oh, sure fine. but i didn't realize you guys well, liked and your daughter's much. like probably the right age for it too this so. would be great with her i well, mean that's i'll have really to, cool yeah it was a lot of fun for me to watch this nice. one although i watched mm, some scenes probably half a dozen times and finally started to understand Donald Duck. That was the worst part of it is when on your first watch, it is so hard to understand 
You uh, sent me like a text or something immediately. You were just like, oh my God, I cannot understand Donald. So frustrating. <laughs> They're it was in the scene where he's talking to Scrooge. And I'm just like, I don't know. I I don't know what is being said right now. And there wasn't any closed caption available for the right. uh, for what I was watching. So I couldn't like turn it on and listen or read and then begin mm -hmm. to understand. It was just like watching it over and over and over again. I think, Jonathan, you said something like it's a, it was so weird that after a time you could start to understand him and that was a little scary. Yeah, you felt like I felt like I was going crazy because now all of a sudden I'm like, oh, like I'm about to have a stroke because I can understand Donald Duck <laughs> and, and I can smell the color purple. So it was I, that, it was it was, it was a fun life, guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, I should mention Webby, by the way, speaking of the cast, Webby is voiced by Kate. Um, I don't I do not know how to pronounce her last name. Like Makuchi, Makuki. I don't know, but she's she's a wonderful comic. Um, oh, really? And just has a perfect voice for animation. I, I don't know if she's done a lot more, but I was realizing that watching this like, oh, her voice is perfect. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, just there's such good. It's it's I don't know. Some good voice acting is just mm -hmm. so delightful. Yeah, yeah, so. it, was, it was very delightful, like especially in, in today's climate, too. It was like a perfect kind of show. And I, I feel like I got more out of this than like what I think a lot of people get out of like SpongeBob. Yeah. I think this kind of I kind of felt that same thing for this. And I will say you're talking about like they knew what they were doing. Like it, it didn't even really feel like a reboot, like right no. from the first few minutes in, like it felt like its own thing and like fully realized. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't just making references and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was well, and it, uh, it does the thing I love on a show when it doesn't have to over explain itself. There's just characters that are mm -hmm. there and they're there. And you, you even if you've never seen the original. You'll figure it out. There's going to yeah. be another episode. You'll figure out who Launchpad is or why he's important or why he, you know, like their relationship. They just kind of start you in the middle and keep mm -hmm. going. And I think maybe Disney of all of all content providers can do that because it's a pretty good chance that any child is going to be familiar with at least one Disney character pretty well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really because they, they did this and Muppet Babies. They rebooted Muppet Babies around the same time. And my daughter actually, this is probably why I didn't watch this one, because my daughter was still kind of still watching some animated stuff. I mean, I guess technically she still does, but this was still geared more towards a little younger than her. But she actually watched, she chose Muppet Babies over this for some reason. So I never really checked this out until now. Well, maybe so. it's for the best because if she kind of aligned herself with Webby, she'd be stabbing dolls to the wall. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that's a good point fair point, fair Web, point. i'm telling you i i like webby but she kind of i sat there and thought about her for a while after watching i'm like so her her caretaker or her mother or whomever it is that um maybe her aunt i don't remember who she who the person is to her the beakley mrs beakley yeah i don't remember if it's like i think because it's, it's mrs beakley but then it's webby, webby vanderquack is so they have different last yeah. names but anyhow yeah well, she, uh, different last names apparently don't matter by the way because <laughs> i got I yelled out about that, so you know it's all fun. It's all good fun. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because she's like locked in this place for her safety, so it kind of feels like what a bummer. This kid can't go outside. She can't play. She doesn't have any friends. She's obsessed with like the world of Donald because mm -hmm. she's got this whole like creepo board with all the strings attached to it. Yeah. So she's kind of stir crazy. There's oh, dolls. Scrooge. Yeah, Scrooge. Yeah. She there's dolls that are like literally stabbed to the walls. <laughs> she she kidnaps the boys and ties them upside down to do interrogation. Like this girl is she's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so curious about like and they just kind of like brush away like she's like i want to have a you know a hamburger is what i want that's my she most to, important thing what happened was she went to therapy and she was 
told that a good idea would be to like help people, and then she right. asked these people if they wanted her they wanted her to take their picture. Take a drink. <laughs> Jonathan yep. has referenced it out. Take take a drink. Take a drink. Oh, and how oh, weird would that be if an animated duck walked up and was like, "Hey, I'll take your picture." Today I'm drinking water. Yeah, it's a good thing to drink. I like drinking water. Uh, <laughs> since you guys wrote on it, I will get us into talking about the video itself. Um, the animal sentience uh, sin was was great. It's such a true thing. Like, how do you determine which animals have sentience and which don't? Um, the uh, just how confusing cartoon nudity is in general is one of those yeah, things that's always right? worth worth sinning. Like Don, Donald okay. comes out of the shower and wraps a towel around his lower half, which he never clothes in his day to day life. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, th- just these these human things of you know how we tend to hide our bodies or or whatever are translated into this duck who also doesn't wear pants so <laughs> what's like how does that how does that work make up your mind uh i like that uh i th- did like the explanation in that in the comments like well he just came out of the shower so he was drawing off that's why it was on yeah, the lower but he half wrapped like, it around like a modesty wrap it was a modesty, it was a modesty wrap. wrap it wasn't a drawing yeah. remember now do the other ducks wear pants they do no right? Oh, they no. don't. Okay, so none of them do. It's not just Mm-mm. Donald. Okay. I don't know. It's oh, that's very right, confusing. We send that. Never mind. It's very No, very I think confusing. Launchpad might wear pants. Yeah, Launchpad like wears pants. Or something. Gyro or Giro. I, I don't remember how his name is pronounced. I'm just looking at some pictures. He wears pants. Mrs. Beakley wears pants. Yeah. But that's. So Webby probably does too, then, right? No. Or she has like a dress on or something. Della Duck, who I, we haven't seen yet, wears pants. Yes, Webby is wearing a skirt. Let's let's transition this into the to the patriarchy, shall we? Um, so is there is there any female in this cartoon universe that isn't clothed upper half and lower half? Because that seems to be a common thing where it's like, well, for the female cartoon characters, we better put clothes all over them. But when it's like Donald Duck or you know whoever, they can just I walk around pantsless. Was- but it's just, just all Duck. That. I mean, Mickey Mouse wears pants. Goofy wears pants. I mean, it's just it's always just been Donald for some reason was the one. I don't know. I don't it's know what that was just a choice. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I hadn't thought about it until right now. So if that's somewhere true, someone has done like a theoretical study on cartoon nudity, and I need to. And to I believe it. I believe the character, like the character, like if you go to like Disney or something, I'm almost positive the character has like shorts on or something. But they probably have to do that. But I mean, it's a costume though, so they really don't. <laughs> Who knows? But, Who knows? Uh, so I liked uh, that. And please, uh, huge thank you to whoever pointed out the open cereal box. Uh, that is <laughs> probably <laughs> should actually be one of the uh, major sins when you list out the carnal sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, leaving mm-hmm. your cereal box open should be amongst I that just, list. I just realized, though, that that was what that tweet was about. Did you see that tweet about like listening to Sinca- listening to BTS? Yes. Today and, and, and getting what the was rep- said last, yes. getting the end joke. But we had, we also had the scary Donald one on this one, and we also oh, referenced that's that, true. right? But you did mention cereal last week, yeah. right? So yeah, it could have been either one of those. Could have been either one. Uh, so I like that, uh, and I liked the why is Scrooge a McDuck, but Donald's just a duck. Uh, I Me thought too. That, I thought that and was a good observation. Honestly, 
And I rewrote that. It started off more along the lines of the whole idea that their last name would be Duck, you know, because who who goes by human, which actually in my comments, I have a really funny comment about that. But um, that was kind of and then I kind of started going and then I started thinking about McDuck versus Duck. And yeah, all that's all that's I mean, I get that. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't know that I didn't look into it that hard because, I you know, who knows that kind of stuff. But I guess a lot of people do. But um, <laughs> there is a reason. I still apparently. just thought it was odd. Like it was just kind of one of those just silly, funny things to point out yeah yeah like that like we do and i will finish with the uh if people can make uh dice out of arctic moose poop then <laughs> then the dragon gold would be priceless can can i just say thank you for redoing that one because sure. i had to rewrite it once i realized that i left out a very important element of that one yeah um i forgot to say that it was selling dice made from poop from the Arctic Swedish moose, uh-huh. I I accidentally wrote that it was sell dice made from Arctic Swedish moose, which was <laughs> a very different, very very different set of dice. But there are literally dice that are made from the poop of the Arctic Swedish moose, and you can purchase them, and they're very expensive. And I was actually messaged after this video uh, was edited by somebody, and they were like, um, it uh. They didn't realize that was a thing. They like dice. They're like like dice collector style. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now they realize that they want it. And I have to admit, I kind of do too. Like rolling shit just sounds fun. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yep. Just the weird things I know about because of being in the D&D community, I guess. <laughs> yep. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? What are some other things that you wanted to mention? Uh, the bong versus gong thing was hilarious. And especially like <laughs> Danae wrote it well. And then Aaron read it really well. Yes, too. you did. It was so funny. Um, oh, and oh, then gong. we almost, I'm so glad we were able to keep the, it's funny because it's a garage. There was an issue there too, where things were, we were getting like fragments and all kinds of stuff. And the editors found out a good way to do it because we both really liked that sin and didn't want to cut it. So yeah, uh, I thought that was really funny. This was like, this was a weird one to like try to, figure out how to edit some things um you already mentioned the yeah you already mentioned the plastic bag and the last name those are the other two things i will say uh talking about people saying we should have given sins off for things i did originally have a sent off for the theme song but then they didn't actually play the theme song in this episode right and Danae was like, so that's kind of weird. I was like, yeah, it is. So then I actually ended up giving a sin because they didn't play it. So that worked yeah. out yeah. even better. <laughs> yep. It was a way to show that we love it while also sinning, which is super on brand for us. <laughs> yeah, I did feel like, and, and I didn't think about it until after Aaron read it, I did feel like it could have been taken. Like we were saying, no, trust us that it's not in the episode. When, when I meant, like, believe me, it's the greatest theme song of all time. You don't right. have to check. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still worked. I mean, it was fine. Um, but I, I really liked getting that in there because that's the best theme song ever so uh except for x-files but you know semantics <laughs> but the x-files doesn't have like lyrics like, best theme song with lyrics not best well, score what i guess about, that technically is a theme song what was that theme song from no there's a lot of great themes i mean cheers <laughs> chips oh my chips. god we're stopping <laughs> right now no idea what cheers that and is. chips and that those this, this, i don't even know what's happening <laughs> night rider music <laughs> <laughs> I love the Chips theme song. Okay, Danae, what about even, you in this video? I don't even Frasier. know what you're talking about. What is Chips? It's a show. It's I just a, did a, it perfectly. I just did a rendition. Highway. I just did a perfect what rendition. Is it? It, what does it stand for? It's California Hi, Highway. Ca- highway Patrol. H-I yeah, is from Highway. It's the H-I oh, from Highway. Oh, okay. The I is lowercase okay, okay. in the oh, title. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, so it was just a cop show like in the They were on motorcycles. 80s, it was Ponch and John. They, yeah, okay. they were, it was Eric Estrada. Yeah. And the other guy. Yeah. Like, he's like the other guy from Wham. I kind of remember his name. Uh, I love how you guys 
have, forget that I don't even know the names of actors, so well, I don't. I mean, I don't you, know what's happening. Chips is I'll a just, little before I'll your Google time, it. so I'll bum, Google it. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> That's right. So no. good. That is. So good. Oh, now I remember it. It's Chips so is a little good. before your time because you're bleep years old. <laughs> All right, Danae, What about you from this video? Oh my gosh, this looks ridiculous. Look at them. Oh, chips! Look at those yeah, no, chips, it's guys. It's it's insane. It was on for like nine years. Well, yeah, I recognize yeah, no, those terrible. guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. I recognize this. That's so <laughs> interesting. Okay, sorry. Back to the back to the sins. Um, I like the keeping swords in your swimming pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the idea that he would just jump in and be able to swim, but then there's also massive <laughs> weapons. Like, I wanted to write even like a longer sin, just thinking about how this would work. Like, does he open his eyes under the quote unquote, you know, coin water, and can he see? Because you know, if you're in water, you can see through water, but it's coins, so then you don't even know where you're swimming. So if you're just mm-hmm. swimming really fast, and then you run into the a sword, that that's not good. Mm-hmm. So and that's how gold does that work? Too, right? It's gold that he's jumping into. So yeah, he should have concussions. Out he the should wazoo. have. Con- yeah. There's lots of problems there. But anyway, um, uh, pointing out that Webby had installed a clapper for one specific spotlight for dramatic effect. Uh, I love the joke about the Smarties being the devil's work of bitter, chalky, choking, hazard pseudo candy. They are. <laughs> um, and then in the comments, learning that Smarties are also like an M&M. In Did Canada? you see that? I think in Canada, right? Or somewhere oh, else. Oh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. So apparently Smarties are... Like here in the U.S., that's the perfect description. They're just like this chalky candy that. So they're, but they're like a chocolate thing in in Canada. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That is interesting. I don't know if it was Canada though. That's just my memory. It's probably wrong. I don't know. Canada has a lot of cool sounding candies though. I've listened to podcasts where it's Canadian hosts and they'll talk about like the chocolate bars and stuff there, and they sound really good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's there's something called Smarties, and they definitely look like they look exactly like M and M's. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. Yeah, no, that is not what they are here, unfortunately. You can get a tube of them on Amazon if you if you want to try them. Hmm. Yeah, the Smarties here are, are gross and like they yeah they choke you and dry your mouth out. They're basically they're, they're yeah. basically like candy hearts without the romance. Yeah, but candy hearts have a weirder flavor. Wow, I prefer Smarties similar. to candy hearts. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just I'd rather not have it. I mean, it's that's always like the cheap candy, right? On Halloween, yeah. right? The assholes that give you Smarties. Like, <laughs> screw them. Or those at weird least it's better maple. than the orange. It's better than the random candy that's wrapped in the orange and black, like that generic. Yeah, like oh, a yeah. generic maple that? candy or whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? It's like maple uh, peanut butter in, or something. It's, it's in the U the UK, um, in Europe, Canada, South Africa, everywhere but here. It's like football. Seriously, yeah. the Smarties House is like just a step above the people that give you pencils. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm actually so I I'm trying to look up like hey hey guys where, remember when you could trick or treat remember that that remember was that? fun <laughs> I was trying to look up like where Smarties are sold around the world and I may have just been looking up the names of countries in general <laughs> so, <laughs> me just reading the names of countries <laughs> sorry. I thought that was funny. To get back on track, though, my last one that I wrote down was one that Jonathan wrote about the post-it notes. Like, do you even know how to dibs, bro? I loved that so much because my grandmother is having our family do that right now. Kind of before she passes away, she's having us dibs all of her stuff. And so I'm just imagining, like, walking in with just these colored post-its, just sticking it all over (laughs) things and not even writing my name on them. And I couldn't figure out how to sit it. You get assigned a color. 
Yeah. And I, I couldn't figure out like the angle on it. And then you just like, you know, I think you said it last week. You're like, and then Aaron just writes this or someone just writes this joke. And you're like, well, fuck, there it is. And yours is like, do you even know how to dibs, bro? I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, there's the joke. So I loved that one. It made me made me laugh. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, let's move on to music video sins. Taylor Swift cardigan uh, is the uh, the song and brand new one from Taylor who surprise dropped an album with like a day's notice or something um what do you guys think of this song what do you think of taylor and in the song and kind of the stuff she's doing right now i actually listened to the album Mm -hmm. i did too which i usually don't do i know i think i just get curious about taylor because she doesn't she she does things that sound very similar but then she does different musical elements to it she's tried a lot of different genres on so she's kind of fearless in that way and i like folk music and so this being like a more folk album i was just kind of curious what taylor's take on folk sounded like and i also was reading about her kind of going usually she really thinks a lot about how she's going to release her content and release her material and this time she's like no i'm just going to do it immediately because life is short and you never know and i think there's just something about in this time that we're in with uh the pandemic and just a lot the world is just a really heavy place and when you start to read the news from anywhere you are in the world there's just very heavy things happening everywhere and so for her to as a you know an international artist go i'm not trying to figure out the best marketing thing here i'm not trying to figure out the best time strategically i'm just going to release my art while i'm still on the planet i thought that was an interesting kind of like revelation and to be fair she's lucky enough to where she doesn't really have to worry about those things i mean her name is such a brand that it you know and that people might not like it you know that's always a thing but i i don't think she's gonna have an issue like uh she's not gonna have an issue selling it you know so right right good for her but she's also someone like and i I can kind of relate to that though um in in that way of even if you don't have to that you still Mm -hmm. think that way Mm -hmm. and i think she's just you know really um kind of tuned into that did you like it Uh, yeah it's not it's not an album i'm gonna listen to a ton um there there were a couple songs i really enjoyed i wish i could remember the names of them off the top of my head, I'll try to pull it up and see if was one um, called Cardigan. No, <laughs> I'm okay with this song. Damn, <laughs> this song is okay. I I like the musicality of it. Mm-hmm. I don't even I don't mind how she sings it. It's just it didn't. It wasn't one that like grabbed my soul. You know, I so. think it's very poetic. I think that's what I like uh, about the way this one is written and some of her other stuff is. Um, I think she's. She she has an understanding of uh, how to um, construct phrases that feel musical, that feel mm-hmm. you know like a song. Yeah. I think I think this one has a lot of those. So, but it's very simple, I, and I don't no. fault it for its simplicity. I liked it, and I I enjoyed the album. But I'm like Danae. I'm not a huge folk uh, music person, but I really enjoyed the album. I liked her take on folk music, and um, I was just thinking though because like, and then like a few days later, Alanis Morissette released her album, which is freaking amazing, by the way. Oh, I haven't listened uh, to it yet. Oh, it's so good. It's like, oh, it's so good. And then I was thinking about Fiona Apple released that album a few weeks ago that was really good, and then Haley Williams from uh, uh, Haley Williams from Paramore she released a solo album this year that was really good, and I was just. Thinking, I was like, man, these veteran female singers are fucking bringing it in 2020. Yeah. And I, I am on board. Um, and I know like Taylor's young, but I mean, she's been around forever. I mean, I feel like she would be considered a veteran uh, just because she's been around for, you know, at least probably three decades at this point. Right. Mm-hmm. This will be her third decade, I guess. She's 31, I think, because I think because that album 1989, I believe that's the year she was born. So, yes, it is. 
Yeah, that's right. So um, I'm, I'm not creepy. I just <laughs> I remember that album. Uh, I it was funny though with her age though because she has that because I I was I worked on this one a little bit and that line about where she's talking about uh, getting basically getting felt up um, that threw me off because she doesn't really ever sing about something like that and I'm like wait aren't you like 15 like I'm so confused right now <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> um, I think there was a few songs that stood out I'm I'm just reading the lyrics so I would mm-hmm. love to go back and listen but some that stood out to me was Mirrorball. This is me trying an invisible string. I think I remember when I was listening I to it. Mirrorball was the one I really liked, I think. Me, it's a really, I, that one I remember for sure is one of, okay. the, uh, one of the ones I really liked. But, um, and I think her lyrics are, are profound. There's just something about, and I, I don't know, she's, she's good with her delivery. So she's a solid artist that I really like. Yeah. So I immediately went to watch her cardigan video when it came out. And um, I loved it because it's just obviously beautiful and fantasy, you know, and unique. Like the shot of her um, at the piano where like the piano becomes part of the waterfall. It's just visually stunning. Um, I don't know that I like vibe with the lyrics of Cardigan. Like I understand kind of what's being said. But at the same time, it's just like I said, it didn't speak to me. But I loved the music video. I thought well, it was what really, was being really cool. said, Aaron? <laughs> yeah, Aaron, tell us about the lyrics. No, no, no. I was getting ready to turn it on today because she mentioned it. And I okay, wanted to, yeah, I, I wanted to hear what she, you know, what she took out of it. I mean, because obviously, you know, by now, as we've done this, that's my favorite <laughs> part about music is kind of what is the message? What's it saying? How I are mean, they saying it? The, so, the rumor is that it's about her. Is it her current boyfriend that she's, I don't know. It's, Joe Alwyn or somebody? Yeah, that's who she's still with, right? See, I, I don't know about of any the, of that. I try to take the lyrics kind of a more as from, oh, no, I know, from a more universal kind of approach kind of thing. That's what kind of everybody, but all, people always assume, too, she's talking about either an ex or a current boyfriend yeah. because you know, know, people she's love had that a lot of songs stuff. that have done that. So. But Danae, what did it, what you said, you know, you understand kind of what it's talking about. What? How did you, uh, what did you uh, take from it? Um, that didn't quite land with you, you know, perfectly or whatever. Honestly, I really, I think it's supposed to be about finding somebody who doesn't reject you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's Which definitely is the, that element that's to it. That's the easy like. on the nose one. Um, it's another song about like just a, a love story to me. So I don't know. It's just, it was too much love story makes me feel sick. <laughs> just like too much um, sugar. It's, too, it's, yeah. Now this isn't, so sugary like there's some pop songs can think of an artist in particular who when i hear his music i literally like it it makes me literally feel sick (laughs) yeah because it's just so fucking happy and love (laughs) oh i was gonna joke i was gonna make a joke that you were talking about marilyn manson but then you said that part so but Never, never mind um but that's my own issues. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think like songs like this, it's like I don't know what she's trying to say, and I immediately kind of want to like tune it out a little bit. If that makes sense. I will tell you so. that if if because um, Aaron's going to give the correct answer. <laughs> no, I'm my really takeaway from this was just it was all about comfort. I mean, because I mean that's what a cardigan is. Although cardigans really aren't that comfortable. I don't I don't I don't really get. But that's the way she was making it sound like you know it's like an old cardigan. I just put it on and I feel safe and secure and um it was just kind of that that comfortable stage of a relationship mm-hmm. is where what I got out of it. But um that's just the things that you know stuck out to me at least. Um, and then apparently she got felt up at some point. I don't know. That was, you know, it's that happened. There. And she was playing a dirty piano. That happened. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate algae. That yeah. was grossing me out. 
Um, oh no <laughs> i was all into it i'm like yes step out in nature like, be why are you touching that piano <laughs> i'm over here like embrace your druid self <laughs> magic like in sitting, nature <laughs> you are sitting on a moldy piano bench and, okay, okay, and okay. like this Aaron, like Aaron, basically Aaron. like in basically like a slip like i mean there's like very little like uh, yes. very little material protecting her from that Aaron, algae. tell us what the song is about man uh yeah i i think it's a little abstract which is part of what what i i love about it but um but it does seem to me about the idea of relationships being confusing in one way uh in that they are very comforting but they also can be dismissed so easily and so there's 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 something about relationships that feel needed but almost superfluous at the same time and um i don't know i thought it was i thought it was you know poetic but it's this idea that you know <clears throat> we go through phases with our clothing and sometimes relationship feels the same way it's like you said that i was your favorite you know and we have a cardigan or a shirt or whatever like this is my favorite and then someday it's just sitting under the bed you know and it's like what happened to that so there's there's kind of that you know where was the magic lost where you know where did it change um you know there's a longing to it um, but it speaks to one element of love that I think is real, but it's only one element. And so anytime you zoom in on one element of a relationship, I think you're going to find how, you know, flawed that is. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. so the, and, and again, there's as somebody who just celebrated 25 years of marriage. There, there is an element of comfort that you find with somebody where it definitely feels different, but it's still love, right? Like it's still commitment. It's still enjoyment. It's, you know, there's joy there. But it's not the necessarily the same as the um, uh, you know at the beginning where it was very much about what's the word I'm looking for the adrenaline Discovering. yeah there's that adrenaline of discovery that adrenaline of new love you know kind of thing that gets replaced with I think something that's deeper and more meaningful um, which is partnership and uh, and that's you know so anyhow I it, it kind of focuses on that confusion if I'm yeah. reading it right. Well, it- it gets to where you work if, if if it's a good relationship or a great relationship. It gets to where you just work as a unit, right? You work as a team. Mm-hmm. You're just like a cogs in a machine. I think for some people they look at that as boring, I guess. But for people that are in it, like us, well, um, and there's it's it's kind of beautiful and it's 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 nice, right? It's like a mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to explain it without it also sounding boring. But um, also part of the problem is you're putting that cardigan under the bed. You need to hang that shit up. Like you don't. <laughs> you're not putting a nice cardigan sweater under the bed. Right. Come on now, people. Right. Hang yeah. it up. These things called coat hangers. Yes. Or clothes hangers. Yeah. Exactly. Put it in a closet. Get it in a closet. Or you as can have somebody, it wadded up in the back of Danae's car. Yeah. As somebody who has done the dirty clothes, clean clothes piles on the bed, you sleep in between. And if you get cold, you use the clean clothes as a blanket person. Oh I God, personally. Nightmare. All right. Let's quickly move into the video. Let's quickly move into the video. Let's move into the video. We're going to lose Jonathan. No, it's perfectly fine. Look, these are my problems, not yours. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, they sound like today's problems. That's a problem. It doesn't sound like your problems. No, no. What I meant by that is I'm saying it is wise to learn now to hang up your clothes. It's a much better life. Uh, <laughs> it makes it easier to find them, too. Yeah, uh, Danae, what were some of your uh, thoughts from the video? Um, I forgot to write any of them down, oh, nice. which is great. 
I love that part of well, you know, why don't what we start do, with Jonathan then? I'm so glad Barrett brought up the presenting your song titles in lowercase because that pisses me off to no end. I was mad I didn't even think about it. That was one of those moments where I'm like, why didn't I think about that? Yeah. When I was submitting my stuff to you, um, I don't know why that irritates me, but it really does because I don't think it. I don't think it's for any reason. No. Um, unless you as you as you're you guys are more musically inclined than I am and more artistry about stuff like well, that. Well, who was it? Is it E.E. Um, e. Cummings that used to do that in her poetry? Uh, where Maybe that sounds where. Great. She just dis- disregarded capitalization and other kind of formal things. And so I think there is an element of yeah. artisticness that comes with, I don't have to follow your rules. And, you know, you know, this will be. A- I'm sure like when 21 Pilots decided to lowercase their band name, they were like, we are like the 2000s of E. Yes, I'm sure that's exactly what they were thinking. Um, <laughs> also, uh, Barrett did write in his thoughts on this one, too. Oh, why don't we start oh, with yeah, Barrett then? Stuff. Yeah, I don't want to steal anything. Let's, uh, let's um, hit Barrett up. Barrett said cardigan, or should I say cardigan? He just changed the capitalization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is a fucking earworm. I can't get it out of my head, even after a week of listening. It was hard finding sense for this one since she did the video super responsibly. The lyrics are so good, and the song itself is dynamite. I did enjoy the sin removal, which I had to get out really quickly so I could go back to my asshole nitpicky ways. <laughs> the script had help from Jonathan and Danae, which was welcome and appreciated. I think Danae wrote something about a wet t-shirt thing that I didn't make that didn't make it because we don't do that ribald stuff around here on this channel. <laughs> ribald, ribald. ribald, ribald. I don't know how to say that word. Do you know how to say that word? R-I-B, ribald? I would assume it's... It's I mean, ribald. I guess it could it, go either way. I just listened. Ribald. 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 It refers to as sexual matters in an amusingly coarse or uh, irreverent way. Now listen, I just want to let you know if you're confused. He's being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and we don't ever talk about sex. As true to the video's form, when he's like, no, 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 tell me more about this sexual stuff. But yes, um, Jonathan and I, we both had actually watched this one, and we just sent in little like bullet point ideas for for sins, and uh, that was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, Um, I did find my notes, by the way. Yeah, so I guess, Aaron, you should go, because we wrote on it. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's right. You both wrote on this, apparently. I didn't know that. Maybe I should know that. Um, I mean, we did. I mean, we just we just sent some like, hey, these are some things we noticed. We were just being helpful. Um, so yes, uh, I will mention high heels on cobblestone. Uh, I thought was really funny. Um, which now I'm wondering if it was Danae because you know she sent <laughs> notes on this as like, uh, you know, any of us can write that sin, but one of us probably has experience at least. Uh, if this is an audition for Naked and Afraid, uh, I thought was really funny uh, as someone who binged the entirety of the Naked and Afraid library over the course of two months uh, and now loves that show. Uh, Murder on the Cardigan Express made me laugh, uh, and then inviting uh, Taylor to the Avengers franchise, uh, I thought was really funny there at the end so now i thought this was really good it was really fun what are your you got in your notes up danae yeah i um the super fast delivery of the one sent off that barrett mentioned was my top favorite just like listening to him quickly get through a compliment was was genuinely great (laughs) um the no fair that's how ben folds plays as she steps like Mm -hmm. her her wet foot steps onto the keys uh, poofing the fuck out of there and tailoring into the screen. I like that. Awesome. Or tailoring into the camera or whatever it was. And I, the only other Steering thing I had was and just uh, like the piano is taking a massive leak. That was one where I was like, I just told him, I was like, there's something here, but I, I don't have it. Like, I just, I can't think of anything funny. And then of course you were him just wrote the piano had to take a massive leak. I'm like, yeah, that would have been easy. I didn't <laughs> come up with that. 
Um, and then uh, just going off, we were talking about the ex-boyfriend thing. Do you always have to keep pictures of your ex-boyfriends around the house? Was was really funny because it was like some old picture. Yeah. Yeah. The comments were certainly uh, wanted to point out that was her grandpa. And it's like, right. yes, we understand. It's, it's just a joke. It's, it's a, a joke, joke guys. guys. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, yeah. It's a great video. I really loved it. Uh, let's move into Cinema Sins. Uh, Cabin Fever. Uh, is where we started the week. This is an Atkinson Watkins script. Chris and Jonathan writing on this one. Um, let's hear what uh, Chris had to say about Cabin Fever. Hi, guys. I'm Chris, and here's what I have to say about Cabin Fever. That's really good. Keep going. <laughs> I think this movie is amazing. I'm an Eli Roth fan. He's the greatest. He's a solid human being who I respect and love. And that's how Aaron got fired. <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. Chris wrote, Cabin Fever is a movie I remember kind of liking because it didn't take itself too seriously. Upon this viewing, however, I'm not sure it's silly enough. And the flesh-eating virus that the entire plot revolves around doesn't truly kick in until midway through the movie. The film feels like it wants to be Twin Peaks whenever the main characters wander away from the cabin, but the main characters on their own are pretty awful people. Could have used some more of the local flavor throughout and got to the virus sooner. I think my favorite thing uh, during the writing of the sins here was to pick on Ryder Strong's character. He's set up mm -hmm. as the good guy, but he does some stuff that veers into dark territory with very little prompting. So my favorite sins that I wrote all involved him, and I'm paraphrasing here, now that Paul, now that Paul's fallen into contaminated water, I can freely say that I'm very glad that Paul's fallen into the contaminated water. <laughs> that was that was my favorite sin. Easily. Yeah. I had written something there too, but I was like, oh no, it is definitely yours. Because he even, he was nice enough to put mine in as an alternate. I'm like, yeah, you don't have to do that. Like, we're going with yours. <laughs> right? I, uh, yeah, I mean, you're good. <laughs> Oh, God bless them when they do that. And they put the alt side by side and you can just see how puny you are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, uh, here's the choice for this sin. Uh, either my sin that is full of genius and wit and beautiful observation or your crappy three word sin that means nothing. <laughs> Which do you choose? <laughs> it's like going to a fancy restaurant and being shown like. Like something like a beautiful uh -huh. style of steak, and then like this bottom sirloin <laughs> right. or something. Yes, like, yes, yeah. Hey, yeah, like a like a like a little flank steak yeah. versus like a porterhouse. It's like a yeah. ribeye. Yeah, you can have a ribeye, or you can have this piece of burnt ends from the barbecue <laughs> place next door. <laughs> we'll throw in an asparagus. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was that was easily my favorite sin. That was so funny, and yeah. then the way Jeremy read it and just everything about it. and and I don't know, did he have anything else to say? I don't want to interrupt. If... He does a little bit, but yeah. I just wanted to say what's great about getting used to this job, though, is hearing Chris or Barrett or Jeremy or even you two when I write with you guys, and there's an alt where it's like pretty obvious which one's better and it's not mine. Is that it's it's like it's more like a it's they're, they're, the thought is never mine is better and and I want you to see it. It's like hey. Is there something here? Or, hey, we wrote the same thing. We have different styles. What do you want to do? It really genuinely is collaborative. Chris would, he, I don't think that it they ever have that is. negative in, intention. Oh, we're, no. We're joking. Really 
I remember when Barrett and I were. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I was just gonna say we're we're joking about it. I just didn't want people to think that's actually. Oh yeah, no, we're absolutely joking about it. No, but Barrett even mentioned early on when I was collaborating with him on music video, like when he would put an alt in, and I would say, "Let's go with yours." He would say, "He would say, just say first or second because he's like, a, I don't remember half the time which of us wrote which one." (laughs) But also, like you said, it's kind of more of a collaboration, anyways, because like he'll add stuff to one or you know. Yeah. And so it gets kind of. It gets kind of confusing. So yeah, uh, no, it, we one hundred percent joking around. But no, but his was his was like it was ridiculous that he put mine on there. Like I mean, it was it was insane how much better his was, and I think he knew it. There's something so. really cool though too about <laughs> seeing how many alts that you can get. Like I recently wrote with Chris on one, and we had mm-hmm. like I think five or more alts. And to me, it's like, ooh, that means I'm thinking like the narrator because we got really close to the same idea here. Mm-hmm. And on one of them, he did combine them a little bit or even do mm-hmm. like an also kind of a situation. Um, so that it's cool to see one of your sins make it to the alt position. It's like mm-hmm. there's just being cut and then there's like alt where you have a chance, but you're still going to go with the, the, the other sin. And then there's the ones where you have to kind of go, I-, I like mine. <laughs> yeah well I use, please and, don't hate and, me i like mine. And a lot of it has to do with flow too that's what i think a lot of people yeah. probably don't realize that yes writing these is that sometimes you go with like the shorter one because you've mm-hmm. had like two or three really long ones before yep. it mm-hmm. or you go with the longer one because you've had two or three really quick ones before exactly it, you know? sometimes you don't want the bone and ribeye sometimes you want the hot dog you know that's so, right there you go that's fine it's fine uh he and continues the, by the saying neon mac and cheese <laughs> He continues by saying, I also love a sin where I casually say he's being a dick and all he's doing is looking somewhere off camera in the middle of a series of edits <laughs> that go from one character to another. <laughs> the sin is about how the movie is edited and the fact there's no sense of geography in the movie. So the reaction shots yeah. that take place when there are gunshots in the film don't make any sense. But I managed to call Paula Dick in the middle of it and that makes me very happy. <laughs> it was... Chris and I are like on the exact same page with this movie. And it was one of those scripts, which was, it was really cool that we ended up being writing it together. Although a lot of the times if it's a horror movie, it's, it's me and Chris, but um, this one worked out really well because we both like literally everything in there, we thought the same. So we had like similar sins and we were both like thinking the same thing, like about that, like the gunshot, we both had things about that. Like, why are they hearing the gunshot? So it was just kind of cool. It kind of almost, these never write themselves, but this one just flowed so well with the combination. I guess. Have you seen Cabin Fever, Aaron? I have not. Uh, okay. I, I harbor very little interest in seeing anything Eli Roth has done. Um, that is call. that is just. I mean, it's just it's a taste thing, I think, and it's. I don't know. It's the the whole torture porn aesthetic of let's see how gross we can get and how that's like cabin fever though. The, it's the, yeah. The, from my understanding, watching this video, this feels more silly and ridiculous than I yeah. thought it would be. Now, so he, yeah, he did a uh, hostel. Is that's kind of the, the right. what started the whole like what people call torture porn. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't like Eli Roth. Uh, this might be one of his better movies, but that's not. I still don't like it. House of the Clock and Its Walls is probably his best movie, which is odd that he directed that yeah but, yeah that is one of those uh, but, i've seen so yeah but this but cabin fever is definitely better than like hostile and hostile 2 and, um, green and i inferno. haven't seen green inferno yeah. but i will never watch that um i think it's better than like death wish he did the death wish remake yeah with bruce willis but it's just it's so weird it's a weird movie i saw it in the theater when it came out i never watched it again until now so this is the second time i had seen it because i didn't really like it when it came out and um like chris 
I was surprised that like I just always remembered the virus aspect of it. But he's right. It takes forever to get to that. And you think it's going to be like four different types of movies before it even gets to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's kind of a slasher movie. And there's even like some possible they even kind of like hint at maybe even some supernatural stuff at times. It's weird. It's like it almost feels like he thought he was never going to get to direct a movie again. So he was going to put in everything he ever liked about horror movies <laughs> in one movie. Yeah. And it just kind of becomes like this crazy, like almost like split personalities, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, um, you know, yeah, but I've never really been a big fan of just his style and his sense of humor doesn't really abide with mine. Like he, the, the only time I think I've really liked him was he was in Inglorious Bastards. Like Correct. I think he gives a pretty good performance in that movie. Right. Um, I, so, I mean, and I, and I don't think he's untalented, like anyone that gets to make movies on a studio level. I mean, they've obviously got something, you know, mm-hmm. going on, but he just, yeah, he just doesn't vibe with me. I don't enjoy the torture movies. I don't enjoy body horror very much. So just all this kind of stuff mixed together. Yeah. And then, like Chris said, these characters are awful people. Like, just, there's no one to even remotely root for, which yeah. a lot of people will say that's a horror movie, but there are still usually, in the best horror movies, there are characters you root for, you know? <laughs> like, I mean... Well, yeah. There's something. These are all just awful people that, you know, you're just like, I don't care. You're telling me there's no one to root for and get out? I mean, yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. You, or even something done. like Scream. You're not right. rooting for Sydney right. to survive that. Yeah. So, but no, this is just awful people. I will say, I love uh, Jordan Ladd and um, Serena Vincent play the two female leads. And I really like both of them. Um, I, I, I feel it's unfortunate that um, neither one of them got to do too much after this. Although they have had a lot of movies, but like they haven't really like, you know, they never really broke out, I would say, in anything. Jordan Ladd actually just a few months after this came out did uh, Club Dread, which is really fun funny and she's like a big part of why that's funny yeah but here they're just kind of wasted yeah and um there's just god they're just yeah it's just sitting around watching awful people do awful things for 90 minutes Danae, I actually Danae, I was curious did you even watch this video because sometimes oh. with the horror movies you won't even watch them well i saw chris's comment about um flesh-eating bacteria and and mm-hmm. you know things like that and i was like okay i don't i don't have any understanding of what this is i don't know what cabin fever is so then I went to a spoiler website and read about it. And I was like, oh, this is like a film where people, you know, like a murder kind of a, a thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how dark it was until I watched the video. <laughs> I don't know that I, I don't know that I should have, but I did. Yeah, I, I mean, um, we did. We kept most of the gore. We, I mean, we didn't, we cut around a lot of the gore. And actually, I'll be honest, though, it, it is gory. Like, do not get me wrong. But I thought it, I remembered it being so much worse than it was. It was pretty bad. I'd never seen sense. the movie. And I watched the video and I was like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, I, if I had watched this early enough, I might have warned Danae off this one. Just because even though you yeah. blur stuff, your mind fills in the blanks sometimes. Yeah. And it's just well, like, like yeah, you like can within, tell what's going on with Within that the first 10 seconds, it's just like, fuck, okay, great. Well, I wasn't going to eat this anyway, you know? Yeah. So um, I did watch it. I regret it, but I wrote down my sins. Sorry. And um, Let's talk I about think it. In the, I think in the future, I probably should just maybe ask more questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. It's okay. There seems to be a lot about this that's cinnable. And uh, so, you know, it's true to when we've talked about stuff like this in the in the past, it is kind of fun to watch the Sins video where it makes it lighter than it would be if I was in the theater watching it. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it makes it more digestible almost uh, mm-hmm. to watch the Sins video rather than try to watch the content or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, I would never, ever 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 watch this movie um i do i was a little bit confused about what was happening but i think in general i 
kind of by the end understood even like the spoiler website that I went to was just like one paragraph explaining the entire movie. So it was not in great detail. Yeah. There was just a list at the end that was like, here's the people and how they died and in what order. (laughs) So, and then there was like a paragraph that sort of explained a little bit of what was going on, but there's multiple characters to kind of keep track of. So watching the movie or the video rather kind of helped me a little bit understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I did like the redneck brigade personally, uh, Mm -hmm. being from a part of the, of the United States where we definitely have what you would call a redneck. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. The, uh, holy shit, this store sells hoop cheese (laughs) was, was exciting to me because that's one of those things where you have to trust. Cause I couldn't see the sign, but I know that whomever wrote that must've watched it and like been able to zoom in and kind of read it, which was really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, when I wrote, <laughs> this is this is funny. Um, oh, okay, I'll stay, but I dry hump in my sleep. Dot dot dot. And then Danae's note is, wait, did Barrett write on this one? <laughs> <laughs> nope, no, he did not. Nope, nope. <laughs> uh, when me when Marcy shaves her legs, I was so disturbed by that. As and, and like, there's so much talk about shaving too. Like, mm. as a woman who is. Sh- who has felt like it's important to shave before important events, whether it's going on a date or before sexy time with a guy or whatever, that's one thing. And that's annoying. And it doesn't even, it shouldn't even matter. Body hair is body hair. And I've changed my opinion on body hair significantly as I've grown up and realized how much it's a strange, strange thing we require of women to be sexy. But that's Mm -hmm. another topic entirely. But then to shave your legs when your legs are covered in wounds. Yeah. Who well, would the, do that? Well, but the sin is that apparently she's surprised by it, and she shouldn't be because they she would have had to develop be. when she was applying the lather. There's shaving cream all over her. It's not like they just appeared instantly. Right, yeah. Or that when I she... I always, sh- like, oh. I didn't remember... I That's kind of that movie's, like, like I even made the joke that it's the money, like the uh-huh money shot. You know, right. like that's kind of the scene that most people probably take from that movie. And you know 100% that Eli Roth was just like, how gross would it be to show somebody shaving their leg? I mean, there's no logic to why she's doing mm-hmm. it. Right. And there were a few things about that scene. Serena Vincent is that actress. She plays Marcy. Marcy is actually a pretty, like, is the one that's actually kind of smart most of the time. Is she like, the one that was in the canoe? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you know, when everybody starts freaking out, when they find out about they could get sick and all the guys are being like, you know, like wusses and stuff, she like grabs the gun and she's like, you know, grow a pair. You know, she's like taking charge and trying to go get help. And then, but then they do something like that where she's like in the middle of all this. She decides to like um, have sex with uh, her boyfriend's best friend or whatever, or one of his friends, even though that's kind of explained. It's a, you know, she does the whole thing about if you're on a plane and mm-hmm. it's about yeah. to go down. Why not, why not just go ahead and fuck the guy next to you? Um, and then she decides, in the, and then after that, she decides to shave her legs. I mean, none of that made any sense. But in my mind, I thought it was she, she that's when she discovered that she had the issue. Um, but then Chris brought up a good point that clearly those had to already be there. Yeah. And, that's, and that they had to have been. He's right. And you wouldn't, I mean, yeah. you would never scrape a razor. Now, I'm, no. it's not like you're trying to cut your skin when you're shaving. Yeah. But you know what? The tension of that moment was was real and i think that that's what the was was being gone for and i think it it worked because it's a reveal to the audience but yeah if you think about it it doesn't make any sense well you're not and i mean not that i wanted to see this but you're also like if she was discovering it then like skin would have been peeling back right like not that i want to see that 
right when she walks out when she walks out later her legs are all bloody and stuff oh yeah like like she has no skin left on her yeah super super weird um the they've done it twice and then just been like okay but in what way was like (laughs) twice since you've got here or like twice in a month (laughs) right there was this really good pacing on this i i think that would be really hard for me not that i would ever write on a horror movie but like i think finding the humor to pace the for me what would be really traumatic to watch i think you guys do that really really well like in the in the sin about like why is he pouring honey on himself like yeah (laughs) just the delivery yeah the delivery of how jeremy like said it yeah but it's like he was horrified that there's honey being poured on himself just those things are really funny they kind of like lighten they lighten it there's just yeah there's just so many awkward moments like that in this movie and those are always those are always a blast to have when you're trying to write a sense script because then it it makes it a little easier to be like wait why is this woman humping a pillow yeah in the middle of the the night in the woods um but then there's also you guys did a good job too of being like um there's blood all over the like the the more like mechanical parts of it Mm -hmm. there's blood all over the truck why doesn't that was ridiculous why isn't anyone going for a doctor right now you guys are like hanging out while your friend is in outside like where they put her they couldn't have just left her in her bedroom no they had to put her or like driven somewhere if the truck is working (laughs) um so those things for me i thought you guys did a good job of like balancing that uh there were a couple of pandemic jokes that i thought were funny the the the, um there's no way that this contagious person is coming in here and then it's like things i've said for five months and then later on there's like a, a herd immunity joke that i just kind of smirked and thought that those were pretty clever mm-hmm. I, I know i have a lot of notes i'm almost done um you guys fine. said something about jump scares and do they actually work like does anyone mm-hmm. do this i had a jump scare watching the video <laughs> <laughs> so yes there are people me, you know, jump, jump scares can work <laughs> that specific one though was just really silly no that's the thing no I it, it worked yeah i think people make fun of jump scares and act like they're cheap they're really not like they can actually be super effective but they're just they're overused in a lot of movies like you'll just have a cat jump in a window or something right right stuff like that i I understand that i think that out yeah but they work they work for me but here's what happens to me i get mad i don't want to run away i'm not scared Mm -hmm. i get angry and then dealing with the emotion of anger and like calming myself down it's just mm-hmm. too much i get exhausted this is one of the reasons why makes I sense don't... why you don't want to watch a horror movie then. yeah you know, just, they make being, me mad <laughs> being like a safe scare like that actually gives me like a, a nice feeling i guess in a way because right. it's not real and then right. some people it does the exact opposite exactly no, totally yeah it. it's yeah. really interesting to talk about that stuff with you i have one more and that is the playing a guitar at a party is a sin and i just want to say i've done that before i'm sure so. i'm sure Sinner. if i knew how to play guitar i guarantee you i would have done that before but, uh, if i knew I how to play guitar funny. i would carry one with me everywhere i went and just I mean, you go right would, up you to would people. totally be that guy i would go right up to people like watch me play the guitar it's amazing i love playing hey, the guitar. you guys want to know my artistic vision yeah exactly <laughs> Um, you mentioned some of the ones that I had today. Uh, I will also mention, we kind of talked about this, but something tells me I will have zero people to root for in this made me laugh. Uh, all the stuff about throwing around gay is just an insult. Yeah. I really liked, uh, and I liked, I liked the, uh, writers didn't have a thesaurus handy, uh, part of that because it it was an interesting way to do that sin where it's like, look, I, I get it. This was a thing. I was alive during this time. I know people did this. That doesn't make it okay. And honestly, it's just lazy how much it's used in this movie even Mm -hmm. if it was okay so you know it's it's kind of one of those things where i like that it was it was a there was a lot of awareness in that sin that i really liked i mean i you know i mentioned i think last week uh my um 
Beyond the Sins was the challenge. And mm-hmm. if you go back and you watch those first seasons, which take place from around 2000, and I'm through 2011 right now, and it has not changed, they use the R word for dumb so mm-hmm. much. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is in, and it's in there in 2011 now. And I'm going, did we, were people still really just fine with that in two, like nine years ago? And it's just, I still, I, I still hear it around here. Yeah. Like not, not anybody like I'm friends with, but yeah. like, I still hear it used and I'm just, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's, again, it's a fascinating thing. And in, in something as uh, uh, that I think I talked about last week is the narrator trying to envision, you know, what words we just commonly use now, uh, we will be sad, you know, in the future that we did um is is i think an important thing i think it's important now to start kind of thinking about those things so um but yeah um i I thought that was a great sin uh the joan of arc sin about imitation um about you know that just whole thing practiced more yeah i should have practiced more it made me laugh quite a bit uh and then so they can claim it was satire later uh made me grin um, I like that. So, what about you, Jonathan? Um, well, going off the using the using the gay slur, um, I like that Chris kept you know he because like I I had written a couple of things about it, but I think I wrote like one where I was just like let's just give the movie like ten cents and just because you know this happens like four or five times and you know I don't want to keep touching it, but then I think Chris actually was like no I want to keep going back to it, and then so at that last time where she says something about like you know who you know, let's go to a cabin you know and for the weekend, and then she's like how gay or whatever, and then Chris wrote that thing that originally this was a conversion story mm-hmm. like a, yeah. a conversion camp story <laughs> yeah and then they just left that dialogue in i thought that was really funny um i like the uh the winston unfortunately survives this was fun because it's always fun to be able to play around with the stuff we do a lot mm-hmm. where that character and that was a character that like was awful and you hated and then so i just remember thinking what if we just put he unfortunately survives this because at first i think i just had he survived it yeah um and then i was like but do we want him to survive this (laughs) so um and then yeah bert's brain matter really nixed any chance for you getting that deposit back man that was the only other thing i had written down Mm -hmm. that That was already touched on yeah yeah Yep, because he just walks in there and he's like oh my god but it's it almost feels like he's more upset than like like oh no, you know, he's not upset that his friend is dead. He's more right. just like this sucks. Was he? Was <laughs> oh, he? Man. Was he killed by a book? Because then it would have been a <laughs> no. He a was reading, not. No, a reading he was, brain uh, blow. Uh, he was. He uh, was shot by the redneck brigade. Uh, all right, fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on to the fugitive uh, Atkinson share uh, script. The Fuga TV. The the Fuga TV. Uh, Chris <laughs> and Barrett writing on this one. Uh, they have thoughts. This is a classic, uh, and so we will let them say so. Uh, start with whoever you like, Danae. Uh, we'll start with Chris, because when Barrett kind of chimes in, he sort of echoes okay. his sentiments. Yeah, so he say? says that um, The Fugitive still holds up 27 years later. I'm surprised I wrote so many sins for it, much like the Shawshank Redemption, the main character's lawyer, must have been the worst ever hired. I think about how much evidence that clears Kimball just gets flat out ignored in this movie. One thing I had forgotten was that on the night his wife gets killed, he was called in for an emergency surgery. These detectives think that on a night where he's at a children's fundraiser, he gets called in for emergency surgery. He just goes home that night to kill his wife for money and blame a one-armed man. 
I'm also confused as to whether the one-armed man was even questioned. Kimball seems to recognize him in a picture. Seems like a normal investigation would have turned up the guy that that guy worked for Devlin McGregor. But one-armed man Sykes claims he was questioned and that 15 people verified his whereabouts that night, a claim where it's hard to figure out if he's lying or if he indeed did get questioned. And somehow the detectives uncovered nothing else about him. But I thought it was funny that 15 people verified it, meaning to me that the detectives did thorough work and must must not have believed his story if they went to 15 witnesses to verify it. And they still dropped the ball. And then there's the phone record where Kimball calls Sykes from his phone, car phone at a time that couldn't have made the call, which is somehow missed. This movie also brings up a ton of legal matters, and I wonder how they'd be resolved in the real world. We know Kimball is innocent, but he breaks man- many laws trying to solve the case, and it feels like the case itself would be tainted in some way once this all went to the courts. I'd love to hear the legal interpretation of Kimball's actions and whether his fugitive actions make it nearly impossible to prosecute the real culprits. Furthermore, I love dissecting that bus crash and how its location changed from, quote, somewhere in the woods to, quote, across a railroad track about to get hit by a train. Still, it is such a great movie. And Barrett says, I really can't add much to The Fugitive that Chris didn't mention. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, despite the legal maleficence. Did I say that word right? Yes. I think I did. I actually wrote a ton of sins about that bullshit that were cut to reduce repetition. Anyway, one of the best movies ever made, best Tommy Lee Jones performance, and one of Harrison Ford's best. Classic! You, you know, said that last part in all caps. So I was really trying to like emphasize it. No, that's good. I, yeah, I, I, I had one thought at the beginning of this where they took off the five cents for it being a classic. And that was nobody told me this was a thing because Princess Bride didn't have that. And now I'm angry. So it's like one of, <laughs> it's like one of those things. Now, first of all, let me preface this as always with none of this matters. <laughs> like, this is not actually important. But it was one of those things where I was like, how do we do that for the fugitive but not Princess Bride? Like, you know, so now that I know that's yeah. like a thing, I'll find a clever way to say it on the next classic I write on. Um, there you but, go. Yeah. It's uh, it, that that was funny. Funny enough, the first thing I thought when they did that. This is such a great fucking movie, though. It it really is. It it's in that conversation of like my all time favorite summer movie. Like, I mean, it's in that conversation. It's probably like in my like I would I would think it probably falls somewhere in like my top twenty five, top fifty of all time. Yeah. Um, I really really like it. I just think it's like a perfect. It's like a really well oiled machine from beginning to end. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and and then this is also we should you know mention this is an adaptation of a TV show that sets itself apart from that you know in the same way i would say a lot of the mission impossible movies have like i think it's right. you know in that level um and it's like maybe one of the last like truly great harrison ford performances and it might be it yeah i think it is tommy lee jones best performance it's up there it's certain um, it certainly has to be in the discussion that's for sure and i love i mean because i mean just i mean yeah it's just just the way uh, it's, it, it, it it's such a good performance that like i kind of like u.s marshals the the pseudo sequel right. to this movie sure. be, because of him right yeah um, I would actually argue U.S. Marshals is a good movie. It's just not as good as The Fugitive. But if you're going to make a sequel to this movie, they could have done a lot worse. I have The Fugitive uh, but, at uh, 92 in my top 100 of all time. So. I think it would have to be my top 100. I just I gotta I gotta make a top 100. I guess yeah. so I can compete with Aaron. Be like, look at mine. You know, it's an interesting process because then instead of guessing, yeah, you're crazy. like, I've actually tried to rank these things, and man, it's tough. And every yeah, I'd rather year, just tough. say like. 
I'd rather just announce like 300 movies as being in my top 25 <laughs> and not having to check those facts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, but I do, I do love this movie. Like this movie is really exciting. Like if we were to go in like 1993, it was a stellar year. I mean, you got Jurassic Park, you got Schindler's List. I mean, just amazing movies left and right. And this might be my favorite movie from that year. Um, it's really good. I and I think they did an excellent job sending it. Um, mm-hmm. It's always fun to see these. I was kind of glad I wasn't on it, but uh, it was fun to watch other people uh, take a stab at it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have anything much to add to what they said other than how great it Mm -hmm. is and how great Tommy Lee Jones is. And, you know, I think he is my favorite part about this movie. I just think that performance is so captivating and you love that character so much. And you're just with him on this journey of he seems to be the one person. The movie does this really well. He just seems to be the one person that's that's like really actually trying to figure out the truth instead of just rushing to judge. Even though he says he doesn't care. Even though he says he doesn't (laughs) care. Right. Well, that's a part of the beauty of that character. Right. I know. Is it's like it's it's almost like he doesn't care. He's not lying. It's just that he can't help but be logical, well, you know. And regardless of whether or not he's innocent, his job is to bring him in, and then they can sort shit out, you know. Yeah. Like I think that's kind of more what he's saying. Like I don't care right now. Right now I care about bringing you in, right? Because that's yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Have you seen this movie today? Nope. You should. You should. It's one of those you got to get on did. your list. I just did. I watched it. I watched <laughs> the Sins video, guys. Yeah, you did. Oh, by the way, uh, Jonathan, you mentioned 1993, and you forgot one of the classics that came out that year. Um, Swing Kids uh, is also a 93 oh, movie. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you, you, I did. You, have to, you have to mention I did. Swing I did Kids. forget Swing Kids. I also <laughs> forgot Weekend at Bernie's, too. Sorry, <laughs> guys. All these listeners are going to be so mad. No, I didn't. I haven't seen this. Um, there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, that's an iconic film moment that i've mm-hmm. seen referenced multiple mm-hmm. times but I, I didn't realize where it came from or i had it happened twice with the outtakes that we do um mm-hmm. there's sound bites from outtakes that i'm like oh that's from this movie i was confused several times watching this one trying to figure out the puzzle although it was doing really really well until it got to the end where it starts to reveal who the actual murderer is their motivation, mm-hmm. the other people that are involved in the knowledge of the murder. I don't I don't know why she was killed. Still confused about that. I don't I don't understand that. So if you guys have an answer, that'd be sweet. Otherwise I'm gonna have to <laughs> just figure it out. Do you know why she was killed? It's it's been a long time since I've watched it all the way through, so I don't I don't know that I know the specifics, but I know both of them were supposed to be killed, right? I believe so. Okay, we but, need somebody else to come on the show right now. So let's. I, I feel bad because, like, I just talked about how great, how much I love this movie. But I mean, but it all came down to basically like he wouldn't, he wasn't going to sign. You know, he basically wasn't going to sign off on some stuff. He's an ethical doctor and all that kind of stuff. And this guy wanted to bring, the, you know, this stuff into it. And uh, you know, what what is it? Big pharma? What do you call it? What do you say? Right. Uh, there was some kind of a pill that didn't have any side effects, and so yeah. he obviously was like against that. So she was basically killed. It was supposed to be the both of them. But the guy didn't wait for him to come upstairs. He just decided to jump out of the yeah. Closet. Which they do. They do a pretty good job of sending all that. Yeah, kind that of was stuff. great. Yeah. yeah, I I saw the sin version of this movie, and I'm okay with that. I think although it was fun. I mean, it was fun to see like you know some iconic names in a movie like that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and it's also fun to see movies that were made a long time ago and um, the the difference in how things. It would be such a different movie if it was done these days. You know that he had to. Uh, like look up stuff in the computers and just how I don't know. I just think it was just so different. Um, yeah, yeah. I did. I did like pointing out as Chris talked about like um, and 
Barrett both just the legal questions about how any of this would actually work in real life. But I think I can understand why this would be such an intense story because from the beginning, you know, he's innocent. Um, and yet he's being convicted and he's running and you're like, okay, you should run, but you also are innocent. And then he's trying to figure out the murderer and you are too. So what a great premise for, for a movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm so sorry. So yeah. So the wife is not the intended victim because you know, they didn't know he was going to have to go out and do emergency surgery or whatever. So he had done investigation into this drug that Provasic and discovered that it had, uh, it could cause liver, liver damage. And uh, so it should have never gotten through the FDA. So they were basically killing him to kind of cover up everything. And Got so they it. Could okay. still, they could still get the drug. But then they end up killing his wife because she's the one. She's the only one there. And um, but but like they point out very well in the sins video, um, you know, it's weird that Sykes doesn't even like wait a couple of seconds, you know, like. Right. Uh, so even when he knows that he's entered the house, like, you know, it, it just it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But yeah. Then so you he- don't have a fugitive. So. He was getting. He was the murderer. Was still upstairs when he came home, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. That's why. Yeah, it that doesn't, doesn't make really, any sense then. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and kill him? But then you don't have a movie, right? So right. <laughs> you kind of gotta. Or even like a fight. Like, or not, I guess. Try. I mean, you already killed one. Yeah. It's not like your day is getting any better. Go ahead and do what you intended to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun sins in this one, though, to point out things like why would he let her call nine one one. Um, mm-hmm. there's so much of that as I was watching this that I think that's probably why I wouldn't really be that interested in it as a movie, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I should watch it for what it is and see if it's intriguing to me. But the fugitive is one of those big names that if I am one that doesn't like it or I miss the like it train, yeah. then I go into the other category of hateful. So if I stay Classic where I pressure. don't watch it, yep. then I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. And I so. believe the um, the series finale of the show, which this was, you know, like in the 60s or whatever, and there's, you know, very few television stations and all that stuff. You have to take that into account. But I believe the series finale is still like one of the top 10, like fictional uh, as far as viewership. Like it's had like, you know, millions and millions of people tuned in because they wanted to know what happened to yeah. the show on the show. Yeah, they wanted like because I guess you know it that's like the show was on for 5 or 6 years or whatever but the whole time like he was on the run and like wow. the show did it where kind of like Incredible Hulk or something where he's on the run and but, but then he goes into these towns and he helps people out. Gotcha. With, with oh, that's shit. cool. That's cool. But there was always this background, there was the mystery of him finding the one-armed man and all that kind of stuff. So the the series finale he does that's crazy. And so everybody was just like, yeah. So it was like, you know, 50 million people or whatever tuned in and watched it. That's so. cool. Is it Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland doing a version <laughs> of this? See? Fuck you. No, uh, that is the Quibi show, yeah. though, right? Yeah. Which they're not even doing. Like, they've changed the whole thing. It's like an explosion. He gets like, he gets yeah. accused of like. I didn't know that. Uh, but... A bombing or something. Uh, I don't know. I, I let I let my Quibi expert, uh, like a lot of people. Oh, you I did? That, that I thought expert. you were my one like Quibi fan. I thought like you. I had... was. No, I was. I was into it at first, but um, I, I got less into it. Like I found like I watched like three or four really cool shows and then I didn't really find much else that was catching my interest. And then it just kind of felt like it was dying anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I have enough streaming services, you know, right. you know down the road, it, it finds its ground again and everybody's loving it. I can always go back and watch stuff then. Yeah. You know, today I've, I've decided to dub what you're talking about because I think it's a very real thing uh, as prestige pressure. This idea oh that, that there is there is a thing with things that people love and are classics. If you haven't seen them, there's this pressure that you have mm-hmm. to live up to their expectations. And I think it's a very real thing. And I don't I don't it hold is. it against people at all that they don't want to go back and watch classics because of that prestige pressure. Yeah, I, I totally it, agree. 
as many movies as I've seen, there's still plenty that like, and that's partly why I haven't gone back because I just, you know, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want, <laughs> I yeah. want to deal with not liking it or, yeah. or just, I, or I feel like I've seen it. Yeah. I feel like I've heard enough about it to where it's not going to interest me to watch it. So there's, Man, a, there's I, quite a few. I really hope that somebody is developing a BTS like wiki page. Gloros- glossary. Yeah. Of everything that we do that should be kept track of the emails, your titling of things it's just it needs to happen and i'm not going to remember them i'm in a suburban neighborhood and somebody's car alarm is going off like crazy you guys can't hear that can you I, just so you know car I, alarms going off in the background is often a sign of the apocalypse so um <laughs> it just ended but i just i don't hear that here that much so at first i was like what is that and then i was like oh because you know that's like a city thing yeah, right yeah. you know you're in the city and i'm in like the the countries and the suburbs and what i don't know what about you jonathan what's some of the stuff from this video you wanted to mention um i liked the just the line that they, they were making fun of the cop where they're just like clearly this guy sent 123 husbands to jail last year like he's like he's got like <laughs> yeah. he's like he's in like a contest or yeah. something because <laughs> he's immediately just like oh he did it yep um, we, oh, and I mean the best sin, and and we had a great tweet about this yesterday. So if, I'm sorry if I'm taking somebody's thing from the comment section, but the way to go, Helen. I know you're like 95% dead and everything, but you dropped the ball because <laughs> she she says his name into the phone. Yeah. <laughs> And we had somebody actually tweet that out. Like, this is so wrong, but it's so right. Basically, like... Like, who was responsible for this one, I think, was the tweet. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Prometheus School of Running Away from Trains um, obviously was great. And I just just like the dibs, like, just taking the stabs at at, uh, Illinois. You know, the the reason Michael Myers is still running around this state. And then another classic case of people in Illinois not doing their jobs. Yeah. Um, You you were voted most likely to be held as a hostage in high school. (laughs) It was really funny. And uh, my last thing was sneaking up on microscopers. I liked the I liked the wording there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed a frame poster of furniture. I thought it was a really <laughs> fun observation. What was that? It was right at the beginning. It was like anybody with a I, frame. No, no. I'm like, what was that? Though? Oh, like, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like an IKEA catalog these days, and someone's just like, oh yeah. yeah. You That's... might put that up on my wall. <laughs> but it was even worse. And it's like it wasn't even like options. It was like different ways that chairs can be positioned in a room or something. It was weird. <laughs> That was weird. Uh, Maybe he picks a different one every day. Maybe it's like his joke a day calendar. It could be chair position of the day. Uh, <laughs> Helen dropped the ball. We mentioned uh, train conductor that gets no respect in this movie. <laughs> yeah, that was great. <laughs> it made me giggle. And uh, and then after Tommy Lee's famous outhouse in house uh, speech, so look for him everywhere. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I lo- and I love I love when we get to moments like I love. I love discovering how each of us will take a classic scene Mm -hmm. and either we'll just take a set off immediately or we'll try to do something with it. I always enjoy at least trying to give it a set. Right. So I thought that was perfect. No, it um, is. It's great. When they did that. Very well done. um, I wanted to to make sure to give a shout out to at Mel and Rooney, who was the person who tweeted wondering who that joke was. Hey, we don't know. Sometimes we don't know if we don't write. Sometimes on them. we don't know, yeah. but but we can tell you that the um, the people that you uh, linked in your tweet, none of us did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they not link Barrett? They no. like music video sims. No, nope. Chris isn't on there. Right. So. so so all we know for sure is it was not any of us. <laughs> and I it was apologize. Chris or Barrett, or possibly Jeremy could have could, thrown that in at the last minute. We like, don't know. Hey, this will be fun. <laughs> Um, I did have a couple. I did have a couple of other things that were really surprising for me as somebody who hasn't seen the movie. And I like the the moment when he jumps, that iconic moment. 
like seeing the dummy, you know, like tumble down, mm-hmm. which is of course how they would have to do that. But I, I always thought it was a waterfall, but it's a dam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is total bullshit that he would survive that. Absolutely stand right. by that sin, even though that's such an iconic moment. But I also just after that, it's referenced that it's one of an out, like one of our outtakes that we do a lot. The that he did a Peter Pan off of this mm-hmm. dam right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, which wouldn't a Peter Pan be when you fly away though? <laughs> Technically, <laughs> yes. Okay. But I think that's I just, what kind of what makes it funny. You know, it's just oh, okay, like, you okay. Know. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he can survive there. I, I do remember when that movie came out, though, there was like a lot. Of, I think that scene was talked about a lot. Because right. That's what people, yeah. But, you know, but it's kind of one of those moments where you, know, you just don't care. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. what I mean, speaking I like, of don't I, care, that is one of the most iconic lines in film oh. history. The, you know, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> and I think so we good. use that in outtakes. Oh, all the um, time, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were several, you know, outtake ones from from this one. I I I think I forget how some iconic movies are just like that's where yeah, everything we've comes. We cut from. to him jumping before. Um, we've definitely done the I don't care the hen house. Mm-hmm. Lot. We've done that. Before, yeah, that one is one like that a... I. That's the one that whenever I heard it, I was like, oh, this is where it's from because I've heard that one so mm-hmm. it's like several times mm-hmm. in the last year or so. Um, I also wanted to say that the treatment room, like the room of requirement, that was great. That was a really fun one. Uh, <laughs> the moment when J- uh, Jeremy cries and says, "No one will be seated during the Richard saves the kid." <laughs> yeah, it was just a really fun take on how to deliver that one. I wonder what the the notes were on the delivery for yeah. that. Mm-hmm. You know, like how he did that one. It's also it's also cool they kind of threw because that would have been like an episode of the series, right? That would Probably. have been like something he would yeah. have done. So that's kind of cool how they threw something like that in there. Yeah. Uh Tommy Leap Jones was funny to me. Mm-hmm. Um the fireworks at the very end, like what an interesting thing. Like so is this a normal thing to happen? I that was a that was a fun little question. Um and the this is how I like to cap my movies two respected cardiologists in a fist fight. That one cracked me up. Uh, but the sin at the very, very beginning about fearing shitting yourself when you die, I had a real a real heart to heart on that one because my greatest fear giving birth was that I was going to shit all over the doctors. <laughs> so it's a very real thing. <laughs> it is. And I just want to say when you get to that moment, whether you're dying or you're giving birth, you just don't care anymore. <laughs> And the, just, do- and the doctors don't care. I mean, you know, they I mean, don't that's care. the thing. No. The doctors and nurses, can you imagine what they've seen? I mean, there's lot nothing worse. you could do. A lot worse. Uh, so. I cannot imagine what they've seen, and I try not to, to be honest. So. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I should say also, my wife watched this video because this is one of her favorite movies. But like I've said before, like she's she works in prosthetics. Right. And uh, she watched this video and she was just like, man, they should have let me write on this. <laughs> <laughs> she had like 15 prosthetic sins like, from this movie. <laughs> the A27 arm doesn't bend at the hinge in this way. No. The biggest one for her, and they didn't talk about this in the video, but the biggest one for her is he goes and buys this book so he can look up the different limbs and stuff. And that's apparently like the like text for like prosthetics, you know, in school. And um, and she actually went to school at Northwestern too. They show her, they show her school. They show her building that she took classes in oh, nice. and stuff in the movie. Uh, but that book costs like five hundred dollars. Like it's not just something he could have gone and like you know that little money he scrounged up, you right? Know, whatever yeah. he did, and he couldn't have stolen it either because it's like fucking huge, you know. But uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, she's she's always like with that movie, she's always pointing out stuff whenever we watch it. Like, oh wait, that's not right. They can't do that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I try to talk. Wow. Is this how Aaron feels? When we're. Okay, we're going to try this. Okay. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. Uh, Very good. Uh, Let's move on to keeping tabs. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. Each going to tell a story from putting together the content for the week. Maybe a Google search, some strange research, a deleted sin, uh, a note from the script, uh, an alt that was, you know, so much better than yours. Whatever the case may be, uh, we're going to go into it. Uh, I only wrote on one this week, so I'm going to start because I really don't have a lot. But I did do some research on the Avatar script on what like what are steamrollers called now? Um, because I want to do something <laughs> about steamrolling. I'm like, but they don't run on steam. So I did some research, and technically they're just called rollers now by most people. Um, however, uh, they are also called street rollers, road rollers. There are different terms uh, that are used. Um, but a lot of what I found in my research was people just being mad that they still call them steamrollers. And so that's <laughs> so I tried to incorporate because everybody just does. Everybody still says steamrolling yeah, steamrollers well they ran on steam they, oh you, I get, okay yeah that makes sense yeah gotcha. but they but it does it does sound more like they're rolling steam right so yeah, yeah like why would yeah yeah so uh so people just angry that somehow they are still steamrolled uh so so yeah so i thought somebody I'd, should I'd bring that should bring that up on twitter like this is problematic <laughs> that's right it's steamist not being fair to the past yeah uh what about you guys Jonathan, what about you? I just had it. I just, I didn't really have a lot of research. I just, I just had cabin fever and, and the ducktails and didn't really have to do, there wasn't much I had to research on, but I did have a, I did have an alt actually that didn't get. So what happened was in cabin fever, um, there's the part, we already kind of talked about this, the part where she's saying she's given the whole spiel, Serena Vincent's character is given the whole spiel about, you know, you're sitting on a plane that's about to crash and you're just thinking like you want to turn to the guy sitting next to you and just ask him to fuck you because you're about to die or whatever and so and chris actually had written a couple of sins like he had used like the line before that and then he had used like a line after that and he had written a couple of sins so this is why mine didn't get included but after 
she makes that speech, I wrote a send that said, note to self, always sit next to Serena Vincent if you are on the same plane. <laughs> and uh, so I just thought that was such a cool moment. And I was just trying to think of a way to kind of play off it in a in a humorous and, and you know, pervy yeah. way that we like to do. A ribble. Um, even a ribble though, according point. to Barrett, we don't write stuff like that. We don't that, do that. So we don't yeah. do ribbles. Maybe that's why that. it didn't get put in. Maybe that's maybe that's why. Because Yeah, it was, too, it was too controversial talking about how she was getting into the water with a cream colored shiv dress <laughs> shift dress i should say not shiv there's difference <laughs> just before the end of the world you want to have nice new underwear oh yes that's what that's the that's and you what... want to sit next to a beautiful person in case they want to have sex with you <laughs> mm-hmm. yep i think yeah. these are good rule i think these are good uh i think these are good guidelines good, good guidelines yeah i, I think, think our 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 jokes are ribbled for your pleasure i think is uh <laughs> <laughs> Um, mine was the dragon turtle. So there's this moment in the avatar library where they're going through, you know, the content of the library and Aang opens up this scroll and he mentions something like, Hey, look at this weird lion turtle thing. And then there's this ding that the show does, which of course would mean like, this is something important. Like in my mind, Mm -hmm. when they're going to spend audio, like pointing to it, it wasn't even an idea from Aang. It was like the show giving a little wink. And I was like, there is something about a dragon turtle, but I could not remember what it was. So I did some research on it. Um, if you are watching the Avatar, I'm going to get a little spoilery. So if you're not wanting to get spoiled on some material, maybe just kind of skip ahead a little bit here. But the the lion turtle is um, the ancient one. And later on in the series, there is a lion turtle that grants um, individuals the power to control energy bending and this isn't getting too spoilery yet but energy bending is essentially being able to uh, bend another person's life force Um, and also there's some side effects that come with that Uh, you can take away someone's bending ability or you can restore someone's bending ability and so um, uh, this is the super spoilery part so skip if you don't want to hear it there's a moment later on when Aang uses this ability that's been given to him by a dragon turtle to remove Fire Lord Ozai's firebending power forever. So it's like this kind of cool thing that happens. And it's all referenced right here in this in the library. Like, little moment. Yeah. So do you find out that there's like a lot of other types of bending? Because I know you yes. guys mentioned sand bending. Was that one? Yeah. Of them? Well, but that's technically earth bending. I don't think sand oh. bending. I mean, they call them sand benders, but they're just earth benders who specialize in, in moving sand. And then there's like there's like this swamp benders who like kind of live in a swamp. So they're doing water bending, but they mm-hmm. do it like in their way. So there's these different facts of people. And what's blood um, bending? Is blood bending a form of blood water bending? bending? Is a form of water bending. Yeah. And so there's people that do blood bending. There's people who do um, uh, metal bending, which and, is a type of earth bending. And blood bending is like taboo dark. because it's just like yeah. dark thing because you control people's bodies by controlling their blood, kind of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. So, and also, yeah. I've been to. Was the owl? Was that like? Was that just a straight up owl, or was it like an owl man? Or it's a spirit. <laughs> it's a spirit. Spirit. So yeah, in this in this world, there's all these different spirits. And they kind of are the guides or they are like powerful mm-hmm. beings and entities that have knowledge or protection of various things. And so this owl was the protector of the knowledge of this library. And Cora mm-hmm. goes into oh, the cool. spirit world even more than uh, Last Airbender does. Um, yes. 
and and really kind of explores that stuff um in the way it does it's interesting that the ancient one is also the name of the the all-knowing turtle from never-ending story is also called the mm. ancient one yeah. and uh, well, i think there I mean, is something it's... about turtles because they yes. actually live longer than us or at least tortoises do that you know there's this idea of a wisdom that they I have i haven't watched never any story since i was a kid because i don't want to see that thing die again like i've seriously right. avoided that movie what is it what's the name of it that artex goes in the, huh artex? artex yeah is that the creature that goes in the water and like doesn't the, want to live anymore the horse yeah in the swamps of sadness the, the swamps, yeah. Yeah, swamps of, of sadness yes. yeah and yes. that's where more like, that's where more is from yeah just yeah. a little more i mean yeah, i'm never but, but the good news is at the end he's back because everything kind of resets Yeah, because it's a story never in um, story. also i guess i'll just point out since you're talking about the turtles thing um in hindu mythology the earth was supported by four elephants standing on the back of a turtle yes so it's like everything that's is... also how i'm supported every day <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense <laughs> but it's still funny to imagine <laughs> that's fun that's fun uh let's move never on to the ending story <laughs> nice let's move on to the comment section i want to know what you're thinking I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're each going to uh, take a look at a comment from the week and talk about it. Uh, I do have uh, a comment that I can get to, but I did want to say thank you so much for the love on Twitter for the joke (laughs) that went completely unnoticed by my co-host on the last episode. (laughs) Danae was doing What was funny about that was Danae mentioned it, right? Yeah, yeah. She she was doing the review for the, you know, we all review the episode and she's like, dude, (laughs) neither of us even noticed that joke. (laughs) I feel like I remember, but I remembered it, but I guess just because I was already talking or whatever, I just didn't really, like, I thought in my head I acknowledged it. You know, it's kind of yeah, one of those sure, things, sure. but I, but no, I definitely didn't. And then, so you I, know, that were- guy on Twitter, I just put touche. <laughs> there will be uh there will be moments where that happens as somebody who loves wordplay and jokes where mm-hmm. where either people don't get it they don't notice it whatever and you just kind of have to make a decision in the moment which sometimes it's sometimes it's really fun to play up how people don't don't react to your jokes and other times it's just like yeah we'll see if anybody else notices <laughs> and sometimes so. it's just Danae ignoring us yeah, I mean, like true. literally, being distracted like she heard or it. whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. sure. Yep. So, but, but that time I, I I heard it on the review and I was like, oh wow, we both missed this, and I wonder who's gonna say it. So I'm so glad you're getting love on Twitter. Yeah, Absolutely. and it, it continues. I mean, this one just came in. Uh, it says, uh, Aaron Dicer, I see you, and you will see exponentially more coronavirus uh, movies soon, but you won't know whether you get them for 14 days. Uh, joke, <laughs> and I am here for it. Uh, so thank you, I appreciate that, Chandler, <laughs> and many and several yes. others who mentioned it as well. So so it's 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 very nice to be seen. Um, what did you have for your comment, Jonathan? Um, I just I had a real quick one. A couple of things. It was it was really it was a funny comment, but also I love that this guy's uh, YouTube name is is Ben Jovi. Um, but he was talking about Ducktales, and he was calling he was going off of the whole like last name thing, and he said there might not be any Donald humans, but we do have McMahon's. And that's close enough. And I was like, that's uh, right. Nice, nice. <laughs> well, and you know, you've got Mans too. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, exactly. There's, so I was wrong. This is a director. Michael Mann? Is that right? Yes, Michael Mann. Michael Mann. There you go. There's, he's a director. Yep. Yeah, that's one of Danae's favorite directors. My name I is Mr. Mr. Mann. Mann. She loves, I I... Uh, she's a huge Thief fan. She's like, man, Thief. I think Love I knew movie. someone named Michael Mann in high school. <laughs> anyway. My name's Michael Mann. Um <laughs> So yes, uh, I, I definitely agree. What about you, Danae? What's your comment? Um, 
I like Jeffrey Short um, in the DuckTales comment saying, starting off by using ducking and then Sorry. changing back. Jonathan Wait, is making up happening? for not laughing at my joke last week. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to laugh well, first. Was just, that turned into me thinking like Denise. Like, like she's off the guy's name was Michael Mann, but they were just high. And he was just like, no, I'm Michael Mann. <laughs> Oh, you're Michael Mann? No, no, dude. I'm just a Michael Mann. (laughs) Anyhow, (laughs) go go start over, Danae. (laughs) Like I created this whole story. (laughs) It's just rarely that I see Jonathan lose it so hard. Yeah. Oh man, (laughs) Michael Mann. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) Jeffrey Short points out in the Ducktales video, starting off by using ducking and then changing back to fucking with the bleep. Make up your mind, narrator. And I just want to say, yeah, fuck you, Jim. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) We thought about that a lot. We debated back and forth a lot about whether or not to use ducking through the entire thing. Oh, we did, yeah. We decided ultimately not to go that direction. We were going to bleep it, right? We were going to bleep it at one point in time, and then we were worried that was going to look like dicking or dick (laughs) instead of... It just... It got... It got to where we just needed to just let it go and make the joke once and move on. So thanks for pointing out that we're going to second guess that forever. Um, (laughs) I also loved this comment from the uh, Avatar one. We all need to thank the Fire Nation for inventing Cheetos. They don't get enough credit. Yeah. And those are my comments for this week. And I really tried. I had, uh, this is deleted sin for next week's video, I think. Um, but I'll just mention it here because I tried to re-reference that by bringing in like flaming hot Cheetos. Or did that make the script? I don't think it ended up making the script. Um, so it was fun to see somebody in the comments be like, yeah, that's why they have flaming hot Cheetos. Because the anyhow, it was uh, it was it was nice to see the flaming hot Cheetos reference for the Fire Nation because it, it worked not, so well. Do you guys like flaming hot Cheetos? I like no, Cheetos. of course not. Who are you talking to? I'm never eating flaming hot though, but I I really do like Cheetos. I just don't like that they get your hands orange. I love Cheetos. I will gladly put up with orange fingers for regular Cheetos, but I just I just you know I'm just got texture issues and just dirt. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. So Doritos and Cheetos both uh, are like I love the taste, but I want to like I need to create a machine that like feeds them to me, so I don't actually have to touch them. Uh huh. Yeah. No, this sounds great. Because, sounds like we're uh, independently wealthy because, again. Uh, yeah, I need it. to be. I need to be. Let's work. Hire on that. a live-in Cheeto feeder. Um, the other comments that I wanted to mention was Alliteration King says, as an Illinoisian, uh, I want to be offended by the does anyone in Illinois ever do their job dig? But then I look at our six governors who are in jail and just <laughs> sigh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then I did want to mention, as as I mentioned earlier, that I hear you on the 10,000 things. Uh, and the best explanation in the comments I found was 10,000 things is a, a Taoistic expression for all of creation. By introducing himself as he who knows 10,000 things, Wan Shi Tong is referring to himself as all-knowing. He also directly refers to himself as is all-knowing when he tells Sokka to at least put in some effort when intending to lie to an all-knowing spirit being. And I actually did know that uh just because- yeah thanks ronin hunter we already knew that buddy <laughs> but no i think it's i think it's worth mentioning um but i just you know you still can make about joke about things that you know even you know I, as somebody who has been taught many times about bi- the importance of biblical numbers like the number 40 meaning completion like did it really rain for 40 days and nights or does that just mean it rained a long 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 time you know um mm-hmm. numbers in many cultures represent uh, ideas and so right. yeah we we totally get that we so. we knew that but we send it anyway that's right and that is the moral of the story uh and we'll continue to be uh all right let's move on to beyond the sins to infinity 
and beyond. Somewhere beyond my wildest dreams. To boldly go where no man has gone before. You're so excited! Can you hide it? Mm-hmm. You, you can? See, see, me, see me hiding it? <laughs> You're supposed to say, I just can't hide it. I just can't hide it. There you go. Uh, let's chat about something else from the world of pop culture that you've seen recently. Uh, Danae, since you are indeed so excited, uh, why don't you tell us uh, what's in your Beyond the Sins that kept you up all night and made you <laughs> useless for this recording? <laughs> why don't you tell oh my us, God. man? Yeah, so I found um, a section of Webtoons, so this is going to be a webcomic, of completed stories, which is exciting for me to be able to bring to you. The ones I've talked about so far seem to be ones that are like ongoing where, you know, it's updated every week. But this one's completed so you can binge it like I did. Two nights in a row, I stayed up pretty, pretty late. And last night, yeah, I stayed up way too late. Um, But I really wanted to finish this one. I cried for probably 10 minutes solid reading this comic which is super rare for me to feel the level of emotion. That's a long time. 10 minutes is a long time to cry. And it, it That's wasn't a full like, episode of SpongeBob. It wasn't like sobbing the entire time. It was just constant tears and just the emotion that this artist, uh, Lee Hama is the artist's name. You can find her L-E-E-H-A-M-A on Twitter and on Instagram and all this. Um, the emotion that she was able to put together in the story just the way that she wrote it it is so good because it's not the normal tropes it's not like it's not like there's a lot of webtoons that you know i'll kind of pick up and and start reading and it's very clearly going to be the will they won't they love story kind of thing you know um beautiful people falling and this is just it's not that this is a story about lucy who has, and it kind of reminds you of Super Taster in a way. I think you would really be interested in her approach. There's actually a couple panels and um, in this story that I was like, oh my God, I really wish that I could share just this even one page with Erin where she takes a bite of food and because of her incredible sense of smell, she can de- determine all the individual ingredients of food and she is trying to recreate a very important memory from her, from. Uh, her past that she had at this restaurant that she went to all the time with her grandmother. And it's really important for her to find this moment because it means home to her. It means something really deep to her. But this, the character development um, that happens over these 164 webcomic pages um, is just, it's shocking. It surprised me. The character conflicts that kind of happen as she meets these different chefs who created this menu um, that she's trying to kind of recreate, they all have like drama that's happened and trauma that's happened and pain that's happened. But how they talk to each other about it is how real people should talk to each other about it. It's not a overblown dramatization. It's like deep work and it's done so quickly and succinctly. It doesn't spend too much time like delving into stuff. It just kind of touches on it. But by the end, and probably because I binged it, I was so into it. It was just all coming together so beautifully and so surprisingly that I found myself incredibly moved by the story of where she was taking this journey of yeah. Lucy and what it means. And so I haven't even said the name of it. I'm so no, sorry. It's gor- sorry. It's called Gourmet Hound and it is on Webtoons. It's super free. So you don't have to like pay to look at it. Like I said, it's completely done. And she has this 
almost like a supernatural sense of taste. And she's just on this journey. You can also read on goodreads.com, which does like reviews of stuff. Mm -hmm. There's people that go into greater detail about their experience reading Gourmet Hound by Lee Hama. And people are having the same experience that I have had in trying to describe how beautiful of a story this is. So I would highly, highly recommend it if you just want to read it a little bit of time or you want to binge it or whatever. It is there for you. Again, it's called Gourmet Hound. So you cool. talk about the sense memory <clears throat> kind of part of that, the idea that <clears throat> sense memory is powerful and finding home. And uh, I just recently had an experience. Uh, we were uh, on a, a walk, my wife and I, on our 25th anniversary trip, and it was by a lake. And the sound of the lake waves were, are very different than sound of ocean waves. Mm -hmm. And the smell of a big lake is very distinct. And I was transported back to my grandmother's house on Lake Huron in Michigan mm. in such a real and powerful way. It was, it was one of the weirdest things where the smell, the sound, and even a little bit of the sight of kind of the shore and the, the waves just kind of slowly lapping on the shore or whatever. Just, I don't know. There's just something real there where you just like, you have sense memories that can really transport you to different places. So. I have that when people are cooking out, like in the neighborhoods, because I don't grill. I've never really, and maybe this is partly why I don't grill. Never really thought about it. But um, it just reminds me of my dad who passed away in 2004. Mm -hmm. So, because I yeah. would like, you know, like every yeah. Saturday night, you know, it was like we cooked out and all that stuff, you know. So anytime I smell that, like on a summer night, like in the neighborhood when I'm walking around or something, I'm just like, hmm. <sighs> The thing, yeah. that's, the, the thing that's really beautiful about this story is she doesn't give you all the details about any of the why. I mean, some of it you can immediately understand why she wants to recreate this moment mm -hmm. because, of course, you'd want to have a, a feeling of home or a good memory or whatever. But how she develops the history and the backstory that lead up to the ending is so smart. Um, and it's really fun too. There's some there's some good laughter, and I'm, I must say too, there's a really really welcome diversity in the cast of characters. Mm. So you get to really see the, a slice of life from so many different angles, which can sometimes feel overwhelming, but it's just expertly done. And to just kind of give you a hint or, or give you a glimpse, it's uh, on Goodreads. It's 507 people have rated it. There's 91 people who've written a review, and it's 4.67 stars out of five. So it's it's been loved by many, many people. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope Aaron, I, Aaron, I really hope you read it because I really feel like there's some stuff in there that you might really connect to. I would as just like somebody. Aaron to read something. <laughs> I just like Aaron to prove that he knows how to read. <laughs> Funny. But Goodreads, by the way, to kind of go off on this little bit of a tangent, I really want somebody out there to like because Goodreads is like the only thing that exists like for books basically in that type of capacity. And it is such a pain in the ass to use. I don't know why somebody can't come up with like a letterboxed version. Of, yeah. You know, like 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 a letterboxed for books. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish somebody would do that. I wish I knew how to do that because I definitely would. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's because book books suck. Uh so that's probably <laughs> <laughs> I just got hurt. That hurt me. I'm kidding. I'm so ow, kidding. I love ow. books. That's the thing. I don't read much anymore, but I really do actually love books. I grew up reading I know, all I know sorts what you of mean, stuff. Man. Um, but yeah, you gotta take, you gotta cut things out, right? Like I've gotten to where like, like I don't, yeah. 
like I've I've like I don't play video games. I enjoy video games, but I just same thing. Where am I gonna yeah. Where am same I gonna thing. fit that shit in? Yeah, me too. Same I watch thing. less sports because yes. that's be you know because they don't exist. Yeah, totally. Um, Danae, uh, it is called Gourmet Hound, and yes. uh, it is uh, available. Jonathan, what do you got? Um, it's only been on one episode. It actually premiered yesterday, but I thought I'd talk about Star Trek Lower Decks because oh yeah, tell me about that. Is that the it, animated one? Yes, yeah. So it's uh, Star Trek has had animated has had an animated series before. The original crew had an animated series in. 70s but this is the first adult like animated comedy really the first like any kind of comedy that star trek's ever really attempted yeah um, but only because and, uh the seth mcfarlane one isn't technically star trek but it is <laughs> that is fair no i will say that i did well it's, that's not animated either but i did definitely get orville because with this show so this show is called lower decks and um it's actually um mike uh, is it michael michael mcmahon or mike mcmahon who is the head writer on rick and morty um he was brought in to oversee the show um so you've got a lot of talent behind the camera um uh, i think alex kurtzman is still involved like he's kind of alex kurtzman for those who don't know he's kind of involved in all of the the cbs all access star trek shows mm-hmm. like he's kind of the overseer um he's kind of like, all of a sudden that guy's name completely but the more like the mcu guy like he's kind right. of that um and so he brought in uh he brought in mcmahon to do this and mike mcmahon is a huge star trek the next generation fan and his favorite episode of star trek the next generation is lower decks and it's actually i would put it like in my top 10 next generation episodes it's in the final season it's this episode for those that don't know where it focuses on the support staff as opposed to like the senior staff it focuses on the people that are like making sure the you know the food regulators work and you know just making sure the ship runs and all that kind of stuff so this is an entire show about that type of crew like the the support staff of mm-hmm. the ship yeah and um he also he said it in uh it's the the star date is 2380 which apparently cuz I'm I don't have the star dates memorized like a lot of people but apparently that's like right after Star Trek Nemesis so it's before Picard okay. so it's somewhere oh, okay. kind of in between those two things um and it's on the ship there it's on it's the USS uh Cerritos I guess is how you pronounce that it's C E R R I T O S and it's not like a, it's not a real uh it's not like a big ship in the fleet like it's kind of one of the smaller ships that just kind of like it shows up like after first contact's been made and it makes sure like that everything's going well and that mm. kind of thing and then it focuses like I said and then it focuses within that ship it focuses on the the lower the support staff of that ship and um like I said it's the first episode. I thought it was really funny. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm really curious to see where it goes. Like it was not, you know, it's not the best thing I've ever seen in my life, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it felt very Star Trek, despite what I guess, quote unquote, real Star Trek fans are claiming. But um, like uh, Red Letter Ma- Media apparently had a field day with it. I kept that some some for some reason, this guy kept coming on mine and Frank's Twitter thread, letting us know that Red Letter Media didn't like it. So thank you. Um, but <laughs> But anyways, no, I really enjoyed it um, and uh, had a lot of fun with it. And it's it's a recommend for me. It is only on CBS All Access, uh, so you do have to have that subscription. But I'm sure eventually it'll be on, nice. uh, you know, DVD, Blu-ray or whatever. But uh, they're only doing one episode a week. So if you just wait like 10 weeks, you can, you know, you can do the 30-day trial and, uh, you know, um, uh, binge it. But I'm just, I really like this. I like the, I like Star Trek trying to do these different types of things. And I like the idea of like an animated adult comedy. I think it's, 
I think it's great. And it's still, like I said, it still has that, like, especially it has that next generation feel to it. Uh, it feels like I'm in that universe and I'm yeah. just, you know, kind of like, the, but it is similar to the Orville too, where it feels a little more, feels a little more blue collar. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, it sounds interesting. But I think it's definitely more like, I don't really consider the Orville. The Orville is funny because Seth MacFarlane is doing it, but I think the Orville is still pretty straightforward. Like it's still very much a science fiction show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is definitely more of a straight comedy. Oh, okay. Um, so that would be, I would say, and it's animated, but I would say that's the difference between it and the and the Orville. But I actually read an article on Polygon because I was kind of curious yeah. about about it, and but they interviewed that guy that you're talking about from Rick and mm-hmm. Morty, mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like he is a huge fan. Yeah. I think and watching he, Rick and Morty, you can kind of see that. Yeah, and he he was talking about um, the short of it basically was like. Uh, is he prepared for backlash? Is he prepared for that? Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, he, he's already a fan and he already knows what that's going to be like. Um, and he even defended some of the things he did in the episode mm-hmm. and like the process of going through, like, I justify this because of this, because he understands the world so much. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good sign. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think the people that are going to are like the gatekeeper type ass, you know, people that like and you have this with Star Wars. You have this with every franchise like this, right? You've got the people that just refuse to watch the newer stuff or accept the newer stuff. But what right. I don't get is like even if you don't want to watch it, that's fine, but I don't but I hear all these comments like, you know, I saw all this stuff like CBS All Access has ruined Star Trek. How would they ruin Star Trek? Like the original series still exists, right? Next generation still exists. I mean, you can still go back and watch Watch those shows. I don't. I right. never yeah, can. It's just, it's a I just don't understand thing. that mentality. That like something like like you know, it's when the Ghostbusters came out with you know, heaven forbid, Ghostbusters has women in it, and you know, you've ruined my franchise. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. What are you talking about? Well, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. Whenever I saw the commercials for it, I was yeah. excited about it because I like Star Trek and I like the idea of there being an animation and mm-hmm. I like there being you know new people and a new perspective and you know all that stuff and you know the. He, he talked to the the interviewer said something kind of like um basically asking if he's able to get good notes from like the producers or something like this because they're involved with other projects it was really kind mm-hmm. of a bold question and he's like this franchise wouldn't let anything happen they're very protective of it so yes they're mm-hmm. paying attention and you know they they are involved but i have the freedom to do what i yeah. do yeah so i'm i'm impressed yeah i'm kind of like happy that they finally started you know not being at like the 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 main i don't know who the main people over it but like i'd feel like the franchise overlords like or paramount mm-hmm. or whoever they finally started like letting some of these people just branch out on their own and do their own thing yeah uh, because that that was a i think that is why like maybe Voyager and Enterprise, some of the later series suffered a little bit because they couldn't, they weren't allowed to do things that they wanted right. to do like season long story arcs and, and stuff like that. And um, now they're I, kind of being allowed to do that. Part of that is because Rick Berman's no longer involved. That's a huge part of why they're able to kind of mess around with it. But, um, but I'm glad I, I enjoy this. I, I think it's fun. It might not always work, but I would say I enjoy discovery and I liked Picard and so far I like this. So yeah. Yeah, I'm glad they're doing this stuff. Uh, I do have CBS All Access pretty much for the Star mm-hmm. Trek stuff. Star Trek and Survivor, yeah. uh, pretty much yeah. why I have CBS All Access. And uh, and yeah, it's, I'm, I'm excited to check this out. So And it's it's cool because this will be on for 10 weeks. And then I believe the next week, uh, Star Trek Discovery Season 3 premieres. So you're basically going to have like, like you know 15 weeks or mm-hmm. 16 17 sure. weeks of just of new of new star trek which is really cool 
no, I, I recommend it though. I think it's, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with that first episode and hopefully it continues in the same vein. CBS All Access factors into my Beyond the Sins as well. Imagine cool. that uh, because Big Brother is back. And uh, <laughs> of course, Aaron's going to talk about reality television. I saw, I saw Simser talking about it. Like he was giving a detailed thing about it last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge Big Brother fan. I love what they do. Uh, they're doing another season of All Stars. So they're doing a season of Big Brother All Stars, which means these are people who have played the game before and done spectacular spectacularly some of my favorites aren't in the house which you know i kind of wish they were but uh, i do like a lot of the people that they've chosen um so i'm gonna have a good time but cbs all access factors in because for the first time in my life uh i'm gonna watch some of the uh what, what do they call it the the live After feeds dark. no the live feeds so oh. you know you that used to be something you had to pay for now it's part of cbs all access so anytime you want to look on in uh in on the big brother house you can look on in and kind of see what's going on and what kind of strategy they're talking and you know who's mad at who so is this not the because I know like Showtime or somebody used to do that Big Brother After Dark. Is right, that not kind different. of the same? Okay. Yeah, Big Brother After Dark was uh, more of kind of an edited, uh, here's some other stuff that happened uh, and maybe they can use swear words. You know, like it was kind of that yeah. kind of thing. Um, so, so yeah, so this is a little bit different than that. But, uh, but I also really like uh, kind of the the way that they've done it now i will say and you you may be referencing simser's uh tweets on this but uh the first episode wasn't great there were there were a lot of things about it that were mm -hmm. uh repetitive um but they did it live and they've never done that they've never like they'll do live evictions but even then they're usually showing stuff that is has been recorded and edited that kind of thing they've never done a live entry but i think because of covid and uh because they were kind of showing how everybody's been sequestered for two weeks and now are going into a different kind of sequestering um you know they they wanted to kind of do it live but um but i don't know i'm ex i'm excited about it i'm excited about these characters these people and kind of seeing uh you know who strategizes in what way yeah i've never really watched the show what is um like do they have like contests and mm -hmm. stuff like yeah there's a format to it uh the the format is basically although it changes quite a bit they're they're way open to twists and changing mm -hmm. things and different things like that but the format is basically there is a head of household each week and the head of household is responsible for nominating two uh, the nominees and then those two nominees mm -hmm. are voted uh on the others for eviction so it's it's, it's a pretty simple concept but it works um and develop well, yeah because you got to play a lot of you got to play a lot of mind games and yeah. you got to yeah. make oh uh, yeah that's that's got to be tricky figuring out yep and there's usually uh there's also usually a veto competition each week mm -hmm. where whoever wins the veto competition can veto one of the nominees and make the person put up a different person so that kind of neat yeah no it's a lot of fun and it's then they uh they drink there and, is uh, alcohol in the house yes <laughs> yeah they, they do give them but alcohol. they don't know anything that's going like because isn't this the show where like there was something was it was it actually last year like did they not like the people didn't know covid or i mean it wasn't I, during I covid was, i know but there, there was something recently yeah there have been um I, I don't remember what it was either but yeah no they're totally sequestered from world events Unless it's so big that the that it almost feels um, wrong not to tell them. Um, yeah. For instance, uh, one season, one of the cast members had a relative die, um, mm -hmm. and that it, it wasn't expected or anything like that. And so they did let them know about it, obviously. And you know, so, but other than that kind of stuff, no, it's they're very very much sequestered and kept from the real world. So yeah, yep. 
so yeah, Big Brother All Stars is airing on CBS three times a week, and then and they've got the live feeds and different stuff like that. So and I wish I could get into show like sometimes I'll watch it and I'll, I'm interested, and then other times I just I can't get yeah, into it. It just depends. I mean, for me, fortunately for me, I connect to the competition part. I like the competition right. part, right? And I like the strategy and the human nature. I love all that stuff. So it almost doesn't matter, even if I love the characters. For most people, it has to do, I think, with the characters. So if you fall in love with these people and you're rooting for them, you know, then you kind of want to see how how it works out for them and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it would depend on that for you. My wife and I really like the competition aspect, which is why we watched Amazing Race, because that really felt like mm-hmm. that felt like the least possibility of of like there being like a dramatic interpretation like that felt like the most like like they were having to do what they had to do mm-hmm. and that you know people couldn't come in and like you know you know change it up uh but but after a while that just i don't know it got old after a while they they never really changed up their format and so after like 15 seasons you're just kind of like i i feel like i've seen this <laughs> like, yeah and I'm yeah. sure they have done stuff since, and I'm not aware, but uh, to people that still watch it. But I just, but yeah, I'm like Danae. Like it sounds interesting to me, but I can just, I never stay on for the long haul. Sure, on yeah. These reality shows. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Everybody's got their thing. Uh, my, I mean, one of the most dramatic things uh, that happened in the uh, the first episode uh, this season is um, somebody fell and a book fell on their head, and uh, they had a, a reading brain blow. Um, and that was. <laughs> oh my god. That was. <laughs> You guys seriously thought you were telling a serious story. I did too. Thank you. Thank I you. I, I sold like it. About to be like, I sold it. I sold it. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up for Behind the Sins this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. You can hang out with us on Twitter. We're at CinemasinsBTS. Uh, personally, I am at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, and myself, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at CinemaSins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting CinemaSins.com slash BTS. The time is 9.32. Current temperature, we interdue. I have been prepping on Thursdays until this week because uh, I was doing stuff. Yeah, you were. Oh, no, no, no. We don't want to know about you doing stuff with I was your wife. doing all the stuff. Oh, Jesus. Lord in heaven. <laughs> like, I just don't believe Aaron has sex. Like, he has four kids, and I still just don't believe he has sex. I just, he's a, he's a good Christian boy. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, that's a joke. I do believe you have sex. Once again, you have four kids. He's just a Ken doll down there. There's, there's, no, there's no purpose in his groin. Uh, you know, I'm just never going to get used to us talking like this. (laughs) (laughs) After our years and years in Christian radio. What? I mean, what's the, is there just like a list of things you can't talk about on Christian radio? Oh my. Literally. Oh my. Like a book. Yeah, no, literally. We were were actually handed a piece of paper in a, in one of our morning show meetings that we had, um, with a list of words we could not use, including the word I, right? Isn't that right, Aaron? Yeah, that was a big one. No, the letter I. Like you can't I talk about in, yourself. I went to the supermarket. Yeah, that's really weird though, because that's like that kind of like I don't listen to radio. A you lot can't say anymore, I don't but... listen to radio. You have to say no. radio is not something that is listened to by me. <laughs> I gave you a really extreme example. Yeah, um, I did. because our because our PD was. Well, let's. I know there's got to be a lot of weird stuff though that you wouldn't think about. Like the obvious stuff is obvious. Like you know, you're not going to sit there and talk about like blowjobs or something. But you wouldn't do that probably on regular radio either, yeah. unless it's like blowjob wasn't on the Stern. list. Blowjob wasn't on the <laughs> yeah. list.
That was not on the list. Oh, I, no, maybe that was covered in the blanket statement. Nothing. I was say, that was not on the list. You should have talked about that every like first day. <laughs> it's not on the list. Can't say I want a blowjob. You have to figure out a different way to say that because you have. That's to think- like that Seinfeld where George sleeps with the the cleaning lady, and then he's about to get fired. He's like, well, technically, it never said anywhere I couldn't sleep with the cleaning lady. <laughs> Now, there were some interesting ones, though, like um, like you couldn't use the word death. You couldn't use the word, right. uh, you know, murder. You couldn't like there were all these things. Yeah. And it was like and it was weird because it wasn't even like in the building. People didn't even agree. Like amongst the, yeah. the leadership of the station, it was like you can't give them lists. Let you know, let them talk. And I don't know. It was it was weird. It was a very was a- weird environment there for a bit. Yeah. And for by, a bit. For, by for a bit, I mean the entire time. The entire time. <laughs> I made a pretty big mistake in preparation for my Beyond the Sins today, and I decided to press on with reading a webcomic last night. Oh, yeah. I I read a webcomic last night and the night before and finished the entire thing, and I stayed up until 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> reading it. Oh, no. Anyway, I also cried a lot because it was beautiful. So then I went to sleep at 3 a.m. exhausted and then also like emotionally exhausted. Yeah. So now I have super puffy eyes. And no sleep. And then instead of eating my breakfast, I was on a call with Barrett this morning. So I'm also hungry already. So anyway, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great show. (laughs) Do we need to talk about self-sabotage? Like, you know, like, do we need, like, are are we trying to come? Because I'm, I'm, I've got a hangover this morning too. Uh, you do? Well, not what kind of a hangover. Not not an alcohol hangover. Just like a walk. Good. Walk eight miles in the wilderness uh, up mountains uh, hangover, where my body's <laughs> like, uh, you just need to take the day off and not walk up and down stairs. If did I walked hear... eight miles, I would be dead. So. Did you hear Jonathan? What he's like. I'm fine. <laughs> no, like I slept like eight hours, and um, yeah, I, I like went to bed at a reasonable time. It was a very boring night. Yeah. All right, Jonathan, I mean, you're, you're hosting the show today. You're just doing the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. You know what's cool? What? Walking sticks. I have one of those. Wait, wait, wait. The bug or the, the actual? Bug. Those things yeah, are amazing. Right? I know, right? I mean, like, they are either the clearest example of survival of the fittest evolutionary design <laughs> or of God's design. <laughs> like, there's, there is some either sort way. of, either way, there is incredible design going on there. <laughs> like, did you see one in nature? Yeah. Yeah. That's I was cool. in nature yesterday. So I saw uh, a lot of things. But um, no, he's just walking across the path. I would have never seen him if he wasn't walking across like the path. Because if he right. was in the grass, it would have just looked like a stick. Because they're, they're walking sticks. They, they literally are walking sticks. <laughs> it's insane. And, I, and like they're not like walking sticks with like legs that look like an animal's legs. The legs look nope. like sticks too. Everything about them just looks like another stick hanging out in the they're grass. They're very sticky. Yeah. Or what's even scarier, thinking about things that blend in, I was browsing, I think it was Twitter, and there was something titled, it was like clickbaity for sure. Um, Something like, you'll, can you see the... Panther. Mountain lion. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Bet you and, can't find the panther in this picture. <laughs> right. And so then um, I try to find just the picture somewhere without having to click on an article that mm-hmm. gives them all of my data. And I had such a good time on my little panther or my mountain lion search. And then when I finally saw where it was hiding. You couldn't sleep for a week. Oh, my God. It was so scary <laughs> because they're hunting. I yes. mean, what did I think that they were going to do with like having tea? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. No, find, find the hidden mountain lion 
who is doing stand-up comedy for his friends. Right. So it was our 25th anniversary, so we <gasps> went for a walk in nature, and that is not something I love. But it was like all the perfect, like, uh, everything came together to make it just, like, perfect for me. Basically, the weather was, like, incredible. It was, like, you know, high 70s maybe, and there was a breeze. And because you're kind of down in this uh, valley, you know, it's it's kind of temperate. And it was it's just like it was God beautiful. knew that you had to have that yeah. <laughs> to survive or, or even try to enjoy yourself. What other nature things did you see? Oh, so many waterfalls. It was interesting because the place we went was kind of, well, it's owned by uh, the same foundation that Bass Pro, like the Johnny Morris Foundation. So it's Dogwood Canyon if you want to look it up. So it's kind of a little bit touristy, just a little bit. It's still very nature, but like, you know, the waterfalls are kind of man-made in some way. Not kind (laughs) of. Well, I say- Not kind of, Aaron. I say kind of because the water does actually fall. You know, like they, right. they, they they are actual waterfalls. It's just sure. that they're pumping the water through them, <laughs> you know. But it's on the backside. Oh, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like fake snow. Kind not it's not fake, but I mean it's kind of right. like, you know, skiing and places that it's don't a, have I mean, snow. it is a great representation. You you feel like you are, you know Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. You were in a simulation. <laughs> yes, in some ways. It really is gorgeous. And honestly, I don't want to speak out of ignorance because I don't know how many of them are what percentage of fake, how many of them pump water, you know, that mm-hmm. maybe some mm-hmm. of them are legit. I don't know. Um, right. But uh, but it was it was definitely one of those things where it was it was a close enough representation. It's a they did a great job. You, you feel like you're walking through, you know, eight miles of canyon. Well, technically four back four there and four back of, you know, pretty incredible nature stuff so you know we saw but, rainbow trout and ooh, you know all sorts yeah. of cool stuff if you if you get like tired did they send the golf cart for you <laughs> no no we uh, took a okay. we took a backpack with some uh, subway in it and some snacky snacks and then halfway through we sat at a wa- uh, a um, picnic table and you know had a nice little picnic lunch in front of a couple waterfalls the, the funniest part about the the waterfall pool at the end was i really loved it because it was like two waterfalls falling into one pond and i'm thinking about marriage and two lives coming together in one place and being together and i'm like Oh, we could do this cool picture. So we're kind of just standing there, you know, and I'm looking at different angles with my camera and a lady comes up and she says, do you want me to take your picture for you? And I said, are you ready to follow my artistic vision? (laughs) That's when I just would have been like, never mind. Yeah, no, which is why I said it. Sorry, I uh, offered to help you. Oh, my God. I love it so much. Uh, because I had to explain it because I wanted us like holding yeah. hands in front of the waterfall and I just wanted our hands in the in the foreground of the picture but the waterfalls in the background and I wanted the hands between the two waterfalls you know like I had a very specific right. thing I wanted to do and, and she was like I'll give it my best shot <laughs> it's like all right here you're she awesome felt like she was stuck at that point she's like oh damn it and it was funny because she was like as she was trying to like starting to try to get the angle right and she's and and I had to re-explain a couple of things for her in this. I'm I'm guessing 
20-something young girl is over to our left just snickering, <laughs> laughing, just kind of oh. let the whole situation. Well, can you imagine, like, this poor woman, I mean, her story is that she's probably been in therapy for a while, <laughs> and one of her... One of her suggest one of her therapist suggestions was you should offer to you know you should offer to help people like if you see somebody standing there trying to take <laughs> a picture right. you should be hey I'll take a picture of you and that's all she was doing it won't be that complicated and then the one time she does that she gets fucking Aaron Dyson. <laughs> so we stayed at uh, an Airbnb which was uh, they they were very COVID friendly uh, we appreciated all that um, but it was a really nice place everything was great except when we got there the Wi Fi was down. And, well, technically, just to be technical, the Wi-Fi was working fine. The internet wasn't connected to the Wi-Fi. For whatever reason, their internet was down. So I contacted them, and they didn't get back. And, uh, like, the entire evening, they didn't get back to us. It was really frustrating. And then in the morning, um, I messaged again, and he was like, okay, uh, you know, I'll, I'll head over and see what I can do. His solution to our internet being down was to set up a mobile hotspot on his daughter's iPhone and give us her iPhone. What? <laughs> I'm like, we are strangers, dude. I'm just like, you know, like you're handing your 14-year-old daughter's iPhone to us, you know, to use uh, for for Wi-Fi. And it's really nice. Thank you. Like, it worked. Um, but it was just like one of those things. I'm like, I've never had a daughter, uh, but I have had sons. And I don't even think you. I'd, I'd give you their phones. You know, well, like, and my daughter would never let that happen. Like if I offered <laughs> that, she'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then she'd walk away. I think they let her kind of uh, like it's kind of her thing. Like, I think they're teaching her about like running the mm -hmm. business of because there was a sign in there. I mean, the reason I know it was his 14 year old daughter uh, be is because they had a little thing in there. It was like, hey, my name's such and such. And I look over this place and I make sure it's stocked and cleaned. And here's how I clean it. And, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I think I wonder if she is it's kind of like one of her responsibilities. And so I don't know. Child labor. Cool. I hope they had unlimited data because um, I used it to stream hours and hours uh that morning of uh poker from the world series of poker so because that's what i do on my anniversary trip <laughs> all right let's get started wow that's very appropriate considering one of the shows we'll be talking impressive. about today <laughs> i can't imagine being able to actually speak like donald i can only make that one sound what you just heard is all i can do let's talk about ducks baby let's talk about donald and scrooge Huey. There Huey. you go. Huey. Yeah. Let's talk about ducks, baby. Let's talk about Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 